Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. BYU takes on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Inside for the touchdown, Cody Epps scores. Third time in as many weeks. After escaping with a rivalry win one week ago. Chris turns the corner near side. 15-10, 5, touchdown, Christopher Brooks. It's a national stage and a legendary opponent. We've been in that stadium before, so uh, we're looking forward to this matchup. Uh, let's just give it our all and see what we can get done. BYU travels to the high desert of Las Vegas in search of another signature win. We all know what we're doing, you can tell. Now it's just a matter of kind of getting rid of some of the you know, butterflies, maybe the nerves, and just going to playing ball full speed now. This is KSL's experience. Extended BYU pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, live from Las Vegas on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Coming to you live from inside Allegiant Stadium, BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series, a long-awaited matchup as the Cougars have waited nearly a decade to get a chance at the Irish once again, and it comes in the final year of BYU's independent tour, and they face the most famous independent team, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mitch Harper, alongside with me, is Matt Biamonte inside this beautiful Allegiant Stadium, which will be filled to capacity. I would imagine today it's a huge game, BYU and the Irish. It's a massive game, and we have a massive show for you here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Extended pregame coverage uh, in, in about 30 minutes, Mitch, uh, we'll be joined by the offensive coordinator for BYU football, Aaron Roderick, to preview this matchup and get some updates on some players that are questionable. We have already heard that Puka Nakua is going to make his return, so this will be the first time that Jaron Hall has had his full stable of wide receivers, which is exciting. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by play-by-play voice for NBC Sports and, and the Peacock Act, uh, Jack Collinsworth. He, he'll be on the call tonight right here on KSL. TV5. You can watch it here if you're not making your way down to Vegas. And uh, he'll join us probably in about two hours or so to give us a look at Notre Dame. But man, it, it, for the next three and a half hours, Mitch, we will be locked and loaded getting you ready for this big time matchup. And let's let's start by talking about what this matchup means here in the leadoff. All right, so BYU and Notre Dame. 
Big story here to start things off, obviously, as we are in pregame. And, and Mitch, leading up to this game, I wondered, just how big of a football game is this? And I, and I was thinking about some of the games, especially in the Kalani Sitake era. Where does this fit? Uh, the Utah game, there's been lots of Utah games under the Kalani era, but Tennessee on the road. Uh, yesterday on our noon special, we talked about uh, Coastal Carolina. To me, Mitch, this is the biggest football game that has been played under the Kalani Sitaka era for multiple reasons. Obviously, you've got the Notre Dame angle, and I, I love the thought of you started independence with this landmark scheduling agreement, and then you have a chance at the end of the independent era to get a win against that team, Notre Dame, and, and we know the history of what's happened between then and now. But then also, BYU is 16 in the country, Mitch, and they have games against Notre Dame later today. They've got Arkansas. They've got road games in November that are interesting. It's not inconceivable that they could still get, and I know you disagree, I know you disagree, but I still believe there's an outside chance that BYU can make it to a New Year's Six Bowl game, but they have to get the game today if that's even a remote possibility. It's a massive opportunity for BYU, and you know this BYU team has not been playing great the past few weeks. They come into this matchup 4-1. and one. They're number 16 in the top 25 poll, yet Notre Dame is the favorite, and, and Notre Dame played very well against Notre Dame, or excuse me, against North Carolina. And the Irish come into this game, you know, two and two overall, but they're they're trending up, I think. And, and quarterback Drew Pine uh, played very well against uh, the the Tar Heels, but I think that this is a chance for BYU to really rewrite its season. And I feel like these next two weeks, this one and next against Arkansas, uh, will will truly define this year for BYU. Is this going to be? Uh, a historic BYU football team. We knew coming into the year that this was one of the most experienced BYU teams that I've seen in in my years covering this program. Were they going to be able to cash in and deliver uh, a truly remarkable year? And they're off to a great start in terms of record, but the the way that they've played has kind of left much to be desired with how much experience this group has. You want to have a, a more complete product, especially on that defensive side. And what better chance right now than to uh, do it against Notre Dame and put that complete 60 minutes together? It'd be a nice uh, story for BYU if they could get it done. Notre Dame is 2-2 two and two on the year. Earlier in the week, Kalani Satake uh, spoke to the media and kind of gave his preview on this Irish football team. Here's what Kalani Satake had to say about Notre Dame. Everyone's good on their team. I mean, they have depth. You know, they're coming off of an extra week of prep and a bye, so they should be as healthy as they've been. I think overall, you can see that there's a there's a really good team there. I mean, that there's a reason why they're ranked preseason so high, and then that team's still there, and the players are still there, and the core of the team is bought into their coach and they bought into the culture, and we know how how well a team can do when the culture is bought into and when everybody's all in. There was Kalani Satake on the Irish. This football team, it's a very interesting team. Obviously, Mitch, they were preseason ranked very high. They had that loss to Ohio State, and then they had that uh, difficult loss to Marshall at home. They had that close game against Cal, and then last week they went and beat a North Carolina team on the road. Now that North Carolina team, to me, is not very good. I think that's a really bad defense, but there's still a lot of questions about this Notre Dame team, but even beside that, I think you kind of got the vibe this week, and especially being here in Vegas. Even though this Notre Dame team is only 2-2, two and two, there's still a buzz about them. It's still a big football game and a big opportunity for BYU. It really is, and I think that you know BYU... Uh, needs to get right uh, with this with this game, and you know Notre Dame is is not an unbeatable 
uh, Irish team. You know, BYU, when you look at the history of this matchup, you know, they've only played eight previous times. But typically, BYU has always faced Notre Dame when they're a ranked team. This is the first time where BYU is the ranked team in this matchup, and there's just still opportunity in terms of network television and, and the the visibility. That's why, you know, for so long, Matt, BYU and Tom Homo, when in the media, we'd always ask Tom at his, you know, semi-annual or annual roundtable events, hey, what's the latest with that Notre Dame game? There was a point where this was going to end up being a payout, a, a check, and you know, I think many of us thought, okay, just take the check. If they're not going to come to Provo. I was one of those people. If they're not going to come to Provo, that being the Irish, then take the check. But I think Homo knows that Notre Dame's brand in the college football world, it's just it's it's different than any other program in college football. I, I, it's hard to describe, truly, uh, but it really is a unique uh, element uh, to going into a matchup that no matter what their record is, it feels like a massive event. Like sometimes when BYU faces like a Tennessee uh, and they're coming off a loss to Georgia State, you just feel like this deflated feeling from the Tennessee side of things. Not that they're not historic, but uh, there's just something about Notre Dame that's different. Even Caleb Hayes uh, earlier this week, he even noted, uh, you know, BYU, Notre Dame, this is a massive game because, quite simply, it's the Irish. It's Notre Dame, you know. <laughs> you know, this is a... Uh... In other words, you know, BYU and Notre Dame, this is the Holy War, I'm playing. <laughs> there you go. This is the Holy War. I love that commentary from Caleb Hayes. It's a big football game, and I was one of those people, Mitch, who definitely wanted to pay out because I wanted Notre Dame to honor that contract. I wanted them to come to Provo, and and I was, I was disappointed about that. But now that we're here, now that we're in Allegiant Stadium, it's going to be a long day at Allegiant Stadium, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Right. You, you and me, we're uh, football degenerates. We love it. That's why we're bringing pregame football coverage for you all day long here on KSL. But now that it's here, I mean, we're looking at the field. The Notre Dame band is on the field right now, so you'll probably start to hear some some sights and some sounds of college football momentarily. But white end zones, you got the Shamrock Series logo. It just feels big. It feels special. And you know what I love about this game, too? This is a great opportunity for guys like Sharon Hall, maybe Chris Brooks, could be Pukunakua, who is going to go, uh, according to Pete Thamel. Uh, this could be an opportunity to cement their names in the history of BYU football. Uh, if you get a win against Notre Dame in your final independent era, no one's going to care about the record because it's Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been able to overcome eight and four, seven and five seasons and still re- uh, maintain national relevance. You get that win, and if you have some style, maybe there's a big 80-yard touchdown, haul the puka, that will be a play that's hung in the rafters at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Cue the band, baby. College football's here. Let's go. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, I think that with, to your point, I think that with, you know, BYU and their opportunities in front of them with this matchup, they have a chance, you know, to – to really be, like you said, the, one of the you know all-time uh, great wins in BYU history. Because when you walk around Lavelle Edwards Stadium, you'll see banners of the 1994 win where Jamal Willis is leaping into the end zone in South Bend. In 2004, you see banners of Matt Berry uh, you know, taking down the Irish with Ty Willingham. So whenever you play the Irish, it's a big deal. And that's why this has been such a hot ticket. I, I'm expecting Cougar fans to show up 
in solid numbers. This is going to be a pro oh, it's going to be impressive. I'll t- I, there are so many people I know that made the trip down here. It's it's going to blow you away. Are and there are tickets still on the, on the market. Yes, it's going to be far more than you think. I guarantee that fact. You, you saying twenty thousand BYU fans? Not twenty. Come on, twenty thousand. How many? I don't think they were given more than like five thousand to sell through BYU. I'm not reporting the number, but it was low. I, I bet you it's north of ten though. Which yeah. would be a sixth of the stadium. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm guessing about you know ten to fifteen. Ten to fifteen was huge. When it's, it, this is a road game, but but it's a sixty-five thousand seat stadium, and the fifty thousand okay. are going to be Notre were, Dame fans. When you were given less than ten percent of the seats oh, yeah. to sell, I, I and you. then you and then you go and you're buying Notre Dame. There's going to be speckles of blue all over this place. It's going to be awesome. This band is taking my energy to another level. <laughs> I'm ready for the game, baby. <laughs> I know. I love it. I'm thinking of. Uh, you know those scenes in Rudy, where uh, you know because right now we see those. I got, I, we got to look up who what the name is, but you know, like where they're doing that march, it's like very like robotic. Like those guys walking along, touchdown Jesus. The bands, the sounds. It's college football. We love it. Uh, that's why we're here inside Allegiant Stadium to get ready for BYU and Notre Dame, the Shamrock Series live extended pregame. Here from Las Vegas, we got to take our first time out. On the other side, we'll dive into that history between BYU and Notre Dame. The previous matchups as the Cougars and Irish get ready for their ninth meeting all time. You're listening to extended pregame coverage here on KSL News Radio. KSL pregame coverage. Top 25 scoreboard update. Yeah, it's time for the KSL Sports Studio scoreboard update. I'm Dallin Graff. Top 25 matchup in the SEC, number 8 Tennessee. At number 25, LSU, the Vols taking care of the Tigers in Death Valley. They lead 30-7 in the third quarter. Number 17, TCU at number 19, Kansas College Game Day in Lawrence this morning. TCU just scored a touchdown to take the lead. They lead 24-17 in the third Michigan, number four on the road at Indiana, tied at 10 in the third quarter and maybe having the trouble here in Big Ten play. That's going to do it for the KSL Sports Studio scoreboard update. I'm Dallin Graff. BYU, top Notre Dame, handoff middle, first down, touchdown! Extended BYU pregame coverage on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Cougar fans, wherever you're at, thanks for tuning in to extended pregame coverage. It's Matt Biamonte alongside Mitch Harper. We're coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium. Let's go, Mitch. The band is on the field. I'm having a good time. And, I, again, I was one of those people that did not want this football game <laughs> until now. And now that I'm here, I'm stoked for the football game. And, and I, this series... Even though Notre Dame has the advantage, six games to two. BYU has only won two times, and it hasn't been any time soon, definitely not in the independent era. These games have a way of having interesting storylines. There's Even in the losses, there's moments that you want back that we still discuss. And I, I don't think this game will be any different, Mitch. I think this will be another game in the history of BYU football where win or loss, we're going to be talking about this game for the rest of time. And, and that's what makes this game so much fun and especially BYU playing in big games because it has historical moments that last a lifetime it does and you know this is will be the ninth meeting and what's interesting about BYU and Notre Dame is their paths have crossed uh, for nearly a century you know you go back BYU played its first football game in 1922 a couple years after that so this is 100 years ago this weekend BYU played its first game 
the Cougars, a couple years after that, they reached out to Newt Rockney and Notre Dame. There's always been this admiration, this respect uh, that BYU has always wanted to be kind of like a Notre Dame. They, they've never maybe out, came out and said, we want to be Notre Dame. But you can just tell by their actions that being a fellow faith-based institution, this sort of matchup has always meant the world to BYU. And that's why Tom Homo, even though that there was such a long delay in getting a game, and it should have been in Provo, but it ends up here as a road game in Vegas, uh, that he still wanted to play it because of the significance of playing the Irish. And you think back to some of the meetings between these two programs. Started in 1992, after all those years when BYU reached out to Newt Rockney. It didn't happen an actual game until 1992. Glenn Tuckett, the former BYU AD, he got the three-game series with the Irish. And in 92, they lost. Jerome Bettis had a, like a, a bunch of uh, late fourth-quarter touchdowns, and, and the Irish pulled away. But then in 1994, BYU got their first win in South Bend against the Nationally ranked Notre Dame team. And by the way, one of the guys that was part of that win was who? Kalani Satake, who by, back then was known as Kalani Fafita. He shared his memories of that win in 1994. Yeah, that was fun. You're going against Lou Holtz. Just seeing everything there in, in, in South Bend was awesome. And then being a, a true freshman and playing that game was a lot of fun. I can tell you one thing. I was really impressed with the Notre Dame fans. So much class and Getting off the the bus and them them clapping for us, it was it was such a cool environment. Even when we we left with the win, standing ovation as we left, just just a, a great environment, a great history behind it, and just looking forward to playing them again and and seeing their fan base in that in that stadium uh, mixed with ours. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love college football. Just hearing that memory from Kalani reminds me of one of my first memories of BYU football. Mitch was now. Kalani's a little older than me, so I didn't remember that as, as fondly as he did. But one of my f- uh, fondest early, it's not even early childhood, but the 2004 game for me, the last time BYU beat Notre Dame, I was at that game, and that was the year that I got a driver's license. And, and I just that was really, I think, the first time for me where I just remember wanting to be at the game an hour early and soaking in all the, the sights and sounds and Notre Dame. And, and then, of course, I'll never forget the roar of, BYU fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when Matt Berry delivered that touchdown pass to Austin Colley down the west sideline. I mean, those are the moments that I think stick with you, and, and this could be one of those moments. It definitely could, and there's also been some tough moments, too, in this series. You know, back in 2012, BYU played number 5 Notre Dame, who was undefeated. Were you at that one? I was not uh, in South Bend. Uh, they had Manti Teo, the Irish did. They were a really good team. They ended up playing in the national championship game that year, but BYU had a chance to win that one. Riley Nelson, who's don't now on, get me started on that. Who's now on the who's now on the booth, and you'll hear his call a little bit later today here on KSL News Radio. Uh, you know, there how was, did there, he miss that? There, pass. there was a missed pass, and that that's a that's a fun storyline in this game. Win this for Riley to to avenge those demons of 2012, <laughs> 10 years ago. There's some poetry there behind that. Well, get it done for Riley, if you will, because yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Uh, because BYU could have beat a an undefeated Notre Dame team. And where does that missed pass rank amongst all the missed passes in the history of BYU football? Oh, I mean, it's. It's top three, right? It's an all-timer because they know, would probably go on and win that game. I mean, he might have scored on the play, yeah, Cody Hoffman. And you think about how great BYU's defense was that year. I mean, BYU and Notre Dame in 2012, they were each uh, in the top three defensively, and the third-ranked defense that year was Alabama. So you're talking about two national title teams, 
and then BYU. BYU's defense was elite that Outstanding. year. Uh, they were incredible, and uh, they completely shut down Notre Dame, who was led by quarterback Tommy Reese, who will be calling the offensive plays for the Irish today. So there's a lot of ties, and I think that's one of the cool things that I like about these programs and this matchup is that when you play at these places – it sticks with you for your life, and we've seen that up close with BYU, but it also shows itself with Notre Dame when you got a guy like Tommy, Tommy Reese who was an Irish quarterback, and, and now he's the OC for Notre Dame. It's just like there's so much that it means something. Whenever these teams line up on the field for 60 minutes, it means a ton to these fans, to these players, to these coaches. It's just uh, two programs that mean a lot to so many people, and that's what makes this matchup and this history of this series so much fun over the years. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a blast, and, and those two games, two twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, I think there was a lot left to be desired in terms of offensive production. And let's be real, Mitch, in this series throughout history, BYU offense has not fared well against Notre Dame. They've never scored more than twenty three points. Is this the team? Is this the offense? that can put more points on the board and lead BYU to a big win, we'll have to see. This Notre Dame defense is nothing special. They're they're not ranked like they were with Manti Teo, but they are good on the defensive line, and and we'll continue to break that down. But there's so many interesting storylines that we'll continue to get through throughout extended pregame coverage. Extended pregame, BYU and Notre Dame is presented by UCCU. UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. we got to take a timeout. On the other side, you'll hear our game day conversation with BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. What does he think of this Notre Dame defense? How do they stack up with Baylor and Oregon? We'll hear from OC Aaron Roderick next. It's extended pregame. Here from live from Las Vegas, BYU versus Notre Dame on KSL News Radio. Could it get any bigger? Aaron Hall, chest high snap. Settling in a clean pocket. Goes for the end zone. Keanu Hill wide open. Makes the catch for the touchdown. BYU, Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Careful look right. He'll throw for Erickson. Back shoulder makes the catch in the end zone. Touchdown. What a grab. BYU takes the win from Utah State last week and turns now to the biggest game of the season. The venue is awesome, so I think the environment's going to be a lot of fun, and I just hope that we give them the best showing that we have all year. This is KSL's extended pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU, live from Las Vegas. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Monte. This venue is special. Kalani wasn't lying. We're live at Allegiant Stadium inside the scene for BYU and Notre Dame getting you ready for kickoff, which will take place today at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. we got extended pregame coverage off and running. We've had a our own personal concert, courtesy of the Band of the Fighting Irish. It's been awesome hearing the, the Notre Dame band going through some pregame routines and practices here on the field at Allegiant Stadium because it is their home game. It's Notre Dame's game. You'll see that on the field. All the signage, all the in-zone painting is all about Notre Dame, and BYU is looking to play the spoiler in this matchup, and we catch up now with the man that's going to be calling the offensive plays, BYU offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick. And, Coach, you guys haven't played since last Thursday when you took down Utah State. What kind of advantage does that give you in in the season to have some extra days to prepare for this huge game against Notre Dame? Well, normally it would be an advantage, but they had a bye week, so we're actually at a disadvantage. And uh, so we... We have quite a bit less time than they do to prepare. What do you think of this opportunity against a brand like Notre Dame? 
well, it's, you know, I don't know about the brand, but they're a good team. And we've, we've been playing some, a lot of good teams the last couple of years, and they're right up there with the best teams we've played. They're very physical and excellent skill players and, uh, you know, a bunch of four-star, five-star recruits. What has the emphasis been in preparation for this game? Has it been starting fast, establishing the run? What do you think it'll be? It's the same as always. You know, we just we, we want to start fast. We want to be physical. Um, you know, we want to take care of the football. And, you know, we need to play better in the red zone. We've, we've been one of the best red zone offenses in the country the last two years, and this year we, we haven't lived up to our standard so far. So that's an area we need to improve upon. But, you know, we're, we just need to take care of the ball and, and play well. We don't have to play perfect to win. We just need to play good football. How exciting is it, Coach, to, to be 4-1 and one and feel like you're nowhere close to putting together a complete game yet well I thought the South Florida game was pretty complete I mean that, that was, was good I know that they weren't you know I, I don't know about they hung with Florida yeah that was that was uh we played really well in that game and, and um you know and I just it's it's a one week at a time season you know I mean every game is its own set of circumstances it's its own uh entity entirely you know there's just every week is you got to respect the game and just play it and I'm not concerned about perfection. I'm just concerned about doing what it takes to win this game, you know, and, and however that shapes up. You know, it might be a game where it might be a high-scoring game, and if we have to score a lot of points to keep up, then we'll do that. And if, if it's a game that's a grinded-out game, we'll do what we got to do to stay in that one and, and get a win there. So um, it's just about doing what you have to do to win. How valuable is it as, as a play caller to have Gunnar Romney back, especially for a second week where maybe there's a little bit, you know, legs underneath them after missing some time. It's very nice to have him back. He had an immediate impact last week, and he only, you know, he didn't play as many snaps as he normally would, but I, it was just good to get him going again, and I expect him to be full go in this game. Is it going to be another running back by committee situation here uh, against Notre Dame? Well, we don't really consider it running back by committee. I mean, we just, we have three good backs we played we played with three backs last year too I mean Tyler got the majority of carries but I don't really think of it a lot differently than it's ever been we just we, we play guys based on the situation play calls uh, and then you know also health has a big deal a lot to do with it how many reps they were able to take in practice and then throughout the game we, we rotate guys you know sometimes guys get tired need a break um, but I have a lot of confidence in all three of those guys Speaking of health, uh, where are Puka Nakua and Chase Roberts uh, trending for this game? I am hopeful for both of them. That's all I can say right now. It's, it's you know, not to you know uh, avoid your question or whatever, but that's sort of been the story of the season. Is we just have to get ready with whoever's available, and it's been a challenge. It's been a totally different lineup almost every game. Uh, that's also been, you know, one of our challenges on offense is just adapting to which personnel we have each week. Miles in the same situation, then, I assume. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole. The, there's a, there's a, a number of players that you're in that you're in that mid-season form. That's why it's, Notre Dame just had a nice buy where they were able to get some guys healthy. We had a couple days, but you know, we're in that time of the year where people are getting pretty beat up. What do you think of Notre Dame's D-line? Uh, you know, they've got some talented personnel, just like Baylor and the teams you've faced already. Uh, maybe how do they compare to some of the previous opponents? Yeah, I would, I would say they're on that level that Baylor and Oregon would be. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're talking about guys that a lot of big physical guys with length and athleticism, and they present a lot of problems. I think it's going to be a similar type of game to those two. You know, one of those games we played well enough to find a way to win. The other one we didn't show up at all. But it's going to be that type of a street fight. We're one of only four teams in the country that has one turnover. 
how do you think Jaron Hall has been able to so, I want to use the word perfectly, it's not perfect, but how has he been able to balance taking shots down the field while also taking care of the football? He's always been a good decision maker. He, he did a great job taking care of the football last year. A lot of that is his decision making. Part of that is the way that we run our offense. We're, you know, we're, we're conscious of taking care of the football in every aspect of our offense. And even if, you know, sometimes fans aren't happy with me when I run it on third and 15, it's to protect the football, you know, and that's, it's been part of our winning formula is to, to take care of the ball and give ourselves a chance and not give the other team something easy or cheap. The other part of that, those are ball carriers have, have all taken responsibility to carry the football the right way. And it's an 11 man deal. Every play to take care of the ball and I'm hopeful that we can do it again this week. How fun has it been? Do you kind of sometimes just marvel at Jaron's talent sometimes? I know you're his coach, but do you find yourself sometimes just going, wow, this, this guy's pretty impressive? Yeah, he, he does a few things every week that just, you know, wow, I haven't seen that yet, you know. And he's a very good football player who's uh, just sort of in, a, you know, getting better every week still. I mean, he's still improving every game. and He's really fun to coach and fun to watch. How scary was the hit that he took against Utah State? I mean, Upon rewatching it, it looked like a, an awkward fall. He took two. He took the two biggest hits in that game that he's taken all season. In fact, the two, those two hits were as big as any hit he took last year. And so that was that was also the reason I was very conservative in the fourth quarter. I was not going to. Uh, we had that game in under control. I know the margin, the point margin, wasn't maybe what uh, everybody had hoped for, but we had that game under control. And I was not going to give them another chance to get a hit on him that might affect his availability for this game. And so uh, that was the reason I got so conservative. I didn't really comment about it a lot or whatever, but I know some people weren't happy about it. I did that to protect him and to protect our team. Last few things, Coach. We appreciate your time. Uh, how would you summarize maybe just the mood of the team and on the offensive side uh, in practices this week getting ready for Notre Dame? Well, it's the same as always. We're excited to play. We prepare the same way every single week. We, our, these guys love to play. They love to play. You know, we have a great team culture, and, and they're excited to play in this this game, same as every week. And our practices have been very good so far. How do you prepare for maybe the jitters of a of a big game in an NFL stadium against a, a name brand? The same way as you do every week. I, I really, I mean, I know that sounds cliche, but I, I don't. Our players are not in awe of anybody. We've we've played in a lot of big games. We've played in this same stadium before. We have a veteran team there. You know, no, we respect Notre Dame for sure, but we won't we won't be in awe of them, and we'll be ready to play. Do you like being in the, in the role of the underdog because the last few weeks it's been the being in the hunted spot? Yeah, it's it's for sure. We I've I've mentioned that to our offense that we are an underdog, and we, we got to go down there and play well to have a chance to win. Last thing for you, how do you think the uh, run game has been coming along these past three, few weeks? We're about six yards per carry last game. Thought you know. That, that was a defense that was blitzing literally every play, slanting and blitzing, doing a lot of stunts. And so it was the same as last year against those guys. It's a defense that can make you look bad, like you'll have a TFL, but then you'll gash for 20 yards. And then you might have a one-yard gain and a TFL, and then all of a sudden you rip off two 10 explosive runs back-to-back. It's just that type of defense. And we knew that going in, that it could be like that. It was that way a year ago. You know, that's, it's a feast or famine scheme that those guys run. We're getting better every game, and we're learning about our running backs. And, you know, that's another thing is Tyler Algier was a good player. I think everybody – I think everybody – it's – our guys are doing a good job, but I think it's apparent to everybody now what a great player Tyler Algier was. And we are still finding our way through that and discovering which of our backs can do what. 
Well, the discovery continues on Saturday night. And, Coach, best of luck and uh, looking forward to a fun game here in Vegas. Good talking to you guys. There you go. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick here on extended pregame coverage. How is he going to call the offense? He has his full stable of wide receivers back. Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa, Jaron Hall. They're all there with an opportunity to etch their names into the history of BYU football. Interesting commentary, too, about Jaron Hall. The hit he took last week against Utah State, that was the the hardest hit Jaron's taken this year and kind of rattled. Of course it's Utah State, too. I know, but it kind of rattled Aaron Roderick. You know, you, you could hear it in his voice, that commentary, that it shook him a little bit and the way it affected how he called the game the rest of the way. It's kind of surprising, though, that they didn't uh, play Jacob Conover when they were up by 18 uh, last week at that in that situation. But uh, that hit was noteworthy. So anytime you get to the midseason point, everyone's pretty much banged up. I'm sure Jaron's is, is not, uh, you know, pristine condition because of that hit. I'm sure it rattled him a little bit because we did see him, you know, rotating the shoulder a touch. But I thought that was noteworthy that... Uh, A-Rod expressed how, how big of a hit that, that truly was. I do disagree, though, when he says it's a disadvantage. Uh, look, they have a couple extra days off. Like, is it as two weeks? Is, it's better than it's better than what BYU had, but BYU still had extra time for Jaron Hall, the rest. And so, uh, look, this team is going to be as healthy as they've been maybe all season, and that's an encouraging sign going into this big-time matchup. And it's an interesting storyline, too. How does Notre Dame come out of a bye week, you know, with Marcus Freeman? The Marcus Freeman tenure so far at Notre Dame, dating back to last year's Fiesta Bowl, has been... Slow starts. Slow starts, mediocre. They played well in that Fiesta Bowl where they squandered a lead and Oklahoma State came back, but they're 2-3 so far under Marcus Freeman. Uh, That's subpar football compared to what they had grown accustomed to under Brian Kelly. These were the type of games that Notre Dame always, without fail, won with Brian Kelly. But there's that, uh, you know, what do they become... Uh, against you know BYU in, in this spot with Marcus Freeman as the head coach. So still some unknowns a little bit with Notre Dame as well, even though as we enter the, the midway point of the season. We'll take a break here on extended pregame coverage. We'll get the uh, college football scoreboard update for you. And on the other side, we'll discuss what is the biggest challenge for Aaron Roderick's BYU offense against this Irish defense. We'll do that next. Extended pregame coverage live from Allegiant Stadium. KSL pregame coverage. Top 25 scoreboard update. Yeah, time for the KSL Sports Studio scoreboard update. I'm Dallin Graff checking on this TCU-Kansas game. Kansas just missing a field goal. They uh, remain down in this game to TCU. 31-24, the Horned Frogs lead. Speaking of the Big 12, Red River showdown. Texas putting it on the Sooners. 49 to nothing. Texas leads Oklahoma. Meanwhile, in the SEC, top 25 matchup between Tennessee and LSU. Tennessee leads this one 37-7 in the fourth quarter. That's going to do it for the KSL Sports Studio scoreboard update. I'm Dallin Graff. BYU. Some wild scores in college football today. That that Tennessee-LSU game, Notre Dame fans that uh, are, are, might be interested, obviously, in our pregame show today if they're tuning in, that'd be the worst loss in Brian Kelly's uh, home game tenure of his FBS coaching career. Wow. He's been at Cincinnati. He's been at Notre Dame. He's now at LSU. 
He'd have to go back to his days at Grand Valley State. So uh, struggling down in the uh, in Baton Rouge. He was great at Notre Dame, though. Uh, he, he took down BYU twice in 2012 and 2013 as the head coach of the Irish back then. We'll keep you posted on all scoreboard updates uh, around college football. I know Utah's getting ready to uh, kick off soon down in Pasadena in a top 25 matchup against UCLA. So we'll keep you posted on that one as well. But BYU and Notre Dame kickoff today is at 5.30 p.m. here on KSL News Radio, And today's extended pregame coverage is always brought to you by UCCU. UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. And, Matt, uh, the fans that maybe are traveling today heading into Vegas from Provo or Salt Lake, there's some uh, traffic that people need to be aware of I down made there. the drive this morning. I, I stayed in St. George last night with some family and got up early because I was terrified of what happens <laughs> when you come out of the canyon on your way to Mesquite. And, and it may be different now. And if you're making the drive, Cougar fans, you can text us 57500. And if you want to chime in on this football game and give us your thoughts as well, hit us up there, 57500. Who's been through that corridor recently because this morning it got whittled down to one lane and at various points this week that was upwards of a two-hour delay for people getting stuck in that traffic when you come out of the canyon from st george heading towards mesquite let's hope that governor cox does not get stuck in that traffic on his way down to watch byu and notre dame i'm glad you bring that up yeah governor spencer cox uh utah governor he will be here in attendance for BYU and Notre Dame, he's driving down. He congratulated or wished all the local teams, BYU, Utah, and his alma mater, Utah State, the best in their matchups today. But he will be here at BYU-Notre Dame. And, again, that speaks to the significance of this game. You know, in the, in the college football landscape, maybe this game has taken on a, a, a lesser uh, profile than maybe we would expect it in the national landscape coming into the year. But it's still a big game, and for, for people around the Utah area that have been close to BYU football for so many years, and BYU fans in general, this is a huge matchup. So we'll see Governor Spencer Cox and so many other BYU fans here in attendance today in Las Vegas. Uh, this is a rare occurrence, though, Matt, where BYU comes down to Vegas. It's the, th- the 14th time BYU has played in Las Vegas. Uh, the previous 13, typically, it's always a pro-BYU crowd. Today, it's going to be a pro-Notre Dame crowd as this is their home game. It's a home game. It's the Shamrock Series. I do believe that there will be more BYU fans attending than you may think. Uh, I know some people who bought tickets last night and are driving up from Southern California. So uh, this could very well be uh, a, a better showing. I don't think it'll reach the heights of, of maybe calling this place Lavelle Edwards South or anything like that, but uh, I do think the BYU fans are going to impress with their attendance today. We just got a traffic update from one of our colleagues, uh, KSL 5 TV's Sam Farnsworth, who will be hosting pre- and post-game coverage from here in Las Vegas on KSL 5 TV. 5 o'clock pre-game gets started on Channel 5 and then post-game immediately after the game. Sam texts us in and said uh, the traffic still goes down to one lane, but it only took us about 16 minutes to get through. That was about 30 or 40 minutes ago, so not too bad, but hopefully you're you're already getting close to Las Vegas and you can settle in and get ready uh, for this big matchup between BYU and Notre Dame. Kickoff again at 5.30 and extended pregame rolls on hour number two. Coming up next, we'll t- chat with BYU linebacker Keenan Peely, play some cuts with Keenan as we get ready for BYU and Notre Dame live from Las Vegas here on KSL News Radio. BYU takes on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Inside for the touchdown. Cody Epps scores. Third time in as many weeks. After a 
escaping with a rivalry win one week ago. Chris turns the corner near side. 15-10, 5, touchdown, Christopher Brooks. It's a national stage and a legendary opponent. We've been in that stadium before, so uh, we're looking forward to this matchup. Uh, let's just give it our all and see what we can get done. BYU travels to the high desert of Las Vegas in search of another signature win. We all know what we're doing, you can tell. Now it's just a matter of just kind of getting rid of some of the you know, butterflies, maybe the nerves, and just going and playing ball full speed now. This is KSL's extended BYU pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, live from Las Vegas on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. That's right. We're coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium for BYU and Notre Dame. So many juicy storylines. That We'll get to this later, but both teams are wearing new uniforms. First time either team has won those uniforms. Uh, we, we already got a report earlier in the day on Puka Nakua. He's going to go for BYU, so offensively the most uh, weapons they've had. But I do believe, Mitch, as extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU. They offer home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. I do think the real questions about this game for me reside on the defensive side of the football. That was an issue, obviously, on the road against Oregon. And it wasn't as good as we all wanted it to be against Wyoming and Utah State. What concerns do you have regarding the BYU defense against the Notre Dame Irish offense? Another slow start. I think that's a huge concern because three weeks ago when you had that slow start against Oregon, you didn't have the athleticism and the talent to catch up and close the gap with Oregon. The past two weeks, BYU ultimately was the more talented team in that, you know, they, they started slow. The offense was was off to a fast start against teams like Utah State, but uh, these slow starts for the defense are, are not good, and it's not a good trend because last week against Utah State, they gave up more than 200 yards on the ground in the first half, and Utah State was a team that lost to Weber State a couple weeks prior. That can't happen against Notre Dame because this Irish team, I don't think they are uh, elite. I mean, they came into the year as a preseason top five team. Nowhere near that. I think that was a, that was a bit much, but uh, this is a, a football team that's more than enough capable that if they get an early lead, they could basically just pull away and, and BYU might not be able to, to catch up. So avoid that slow start. And I also think, too, Matt, you know, will another backup quarterback have success against BYU? Drew Pine is the starting QB for the Irish this week. But, uh, you know, he didn't come out of camp for in South Bend as the starter. That was Tyler Buckner, a, a heralded underclassman. You know, Drew Pine's a four-star quarterback. He had a lot of offers coming out of high school for the likes of Alabama and Baylor. Really good programs were recruiting him. Uh, he had a great performance against North Carolina. But, uh, you know, BYU's had a history of struggling against backup quarterbacks. We saw it last week, too, with Lega at Utah State where he steps in, and suddenly that Aggie offense was more than capable. That was just uh, brought to a halt with Logan Bonner. So those are some of the storylines for me. What about for you? Great minds think alike, <laughs> Mitch. Uh, Drew Pine concerns me. Now, the run defense is number one. I mean, and take this next stat with a grain of salt because it's North Carolina, and North Carolina gave up over 60 points to Appalachian State. Yeah. Keep that in mind. And they okay? were bad against Florida A&M. That's the worst defense in Power 5 football. Keep that year. in mind when I tell you this. Yeah. Three Irish running backs each had, and that being Estime, Tyree, and Logan Diggs, 
They all had over 100 yards from scrimmage in the win against North Carolina. Tyree had over 100 against Cal. And those three backs getting 100 yards or more in a single game, that's the first time it's happened since 1987. I don't think BYU's run defense is nearly as bad as North Carolina's. But I do have concerns. But but honestly, as the game has gotten closer, and, and we're now what? We are four and a half hours away from kick, so it's getting close. The quarterback situation, that's why great minds think alike, Mitch. I am concerned about that because Drew Pine, I think it's easy to say he didn't win the job, he's not that good. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, Drew Pine, in the final three quarters of his first two career starts, he's uh, combined to have 81% completion percentage in those wins. Now, the, here's the silver lining. Slow start for Drew Pine in both of his career starts, so there might be an opportunity, Mitch, in the first quarter to get out to a lead, slow down that Irish rushing attack, and make him throw, put the ball in the air more, and maybe there's more turnovers. But if you can't take advantage early, these past two weeks have shown that as he gets comfortable with the game, he's very efficient, and you don't want that to happen because, as we saw against Oregon, when you have a good bounce of run and pass, you don't know what's coming, you could get behind the eight ball very quickly. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the Oregon situation and how there was questions about the quarterback there for Oregon. That was Bo Nix. He had a huge game against Eastern Washington, but it showed that glimpse of what he's capable over the course of a 60 minutes, like a proof of concept, if you will, that, hey, he can have success within this offense. I think the same can be said about Drew Pine. Yes, North Carolina's defense is not good. They're, they're really bad, but he tore them up like they are a bad defense, and it shows he's more than enough capable, and BYU's defense, as they got called out today on college game day, Pat McAfee's like, their defense is bad. They're terrible, and uh, people are calling them out. Like, I don't think they're that bad, but stopping the run, they definitely are not good. BYU's 91st nationally in, in rush defense, and that is not going to get it done against a Notre Dame uh, offense that's more than enough capable of just grounding, out, grounding it out on the, pa- on the ground with, uh, with, against BYU. I'm also worried about BYU's ability to get off the field. I think they actually, statistically speaking, they've done a little bit better than, than you would have initially thought on third down defense, which is a good thing that they're able to get off the field. However, Notre Dame has shown in the past couple of weeks that they can sustain long drives. They have 35 first downs against North Carolina. That's the most they've had in a game since 1974 against Army. So they, they had long, methodical drives that made it difficult. And I believe that's what Notre Dame is going to do. I think it's not hard to look at this BYU team and say, where did Wyoming and Utah State have success against BYU? We're going to run the football. We're going to keep the ball out of Jaron Hall's hands. We're going to wear that defense down. And the thing that also concerns me, too, oh, we got a little mic check going on here at Allegiant Stadium. We're getting the full array of pregame festivities from Allegiant Stadium. So enjoy if you're on your way to the game or driving around town up in, in Salt Lake County or Utah County. But the Baylor game, I rewatched it recently. If the Rock doesn't force Baylor back in overtime. Baylor runs the football into the end zone and probably wins the football game. Like So I still believe there has to be a commitment, uh, a philosophy tweak from Elisa Tuiaki to force Notre Dame to go to the pass more than often because Wyoming and Utah State have showed teams what you can do. Hey, 
just let's keep the ball away from Jaron Hall. He's he's great. He's got almost 1,500 yards passing, 12 TDs. He's efficient. He doesn't turn the ball over. Okay, let's just not give it to him. And let's just run the ball, sustain drives, be in third and short. Elisa Tuiaki and this BYU defense has got to be prepared to get off the field and, and, and try to limit Notre Dame's ability to get to third and one, third and two. Ed Lamb, BYU assistant head coach, who's, who's heavily involved with the defense as well, he said this week when I asked him about the slow starts, he said, you know, he'd like to see a little bit more aggressive, uh, you know, uh, calling. And he, he said it wasn't just simply dialing up a sack every time. He, he put some context behind it. But uh, he wants to see a little bit more aggressive play style from the players because BYU has played tight recently. And I think they, they, did, they struggled in, in matchups of being uh, the hunted. And this week, they are the underdog. No one's expecting them really to win it. Uh, college game day today, what, had a split. Rob Riggle, the comedian, and Pat McAfee picked him. But Herbie and Dez, they, they picked Notre Dame. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a split. It's, it's a coin flip type game, but still I think the, the BYU is the underdog in this matchup. So it's a chance for BYU to play loose and not have to worry and just play your best product. Uh, you put it out there on the field today in Las Vegas because I think that's going to be needed from this defense. And also, too, because you don't want to see a situation where it's a complete shootout. You want some momentum and some progress showing from this defense that has so many starts behind them, so much experience behind them, they should be a lot better than where they're at right now. And let's see it today against the Irish. And the linebackers, too, Mitch. They need to be disruptive in the run game. And a little bit later on, I want to talk about a key matchup with one of the linebackers. We did talk with Keenan Peely earlier in the week, and here's what he had to say about Drew Pine and that Notre Dame offense. I'd say that they do a lot. They can they can bring out the big personnel and they can punch it down your throat and run the ball and they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But, you know, they also they, they spread it out. They use their tight ends. You know, they'll pass the ball, RPOs, whatever it may be. They're multiple, which is a word I kind of hate. Uh, there's some words in college football that I'm beginning to hate. Multiple is one of them. What's what's the offense you run? Multiple. What's the defense you run? Multiple. Here's another word I hate. I, sorry, I'm getting off on a little tangent here. Explosives. Yep. It, it's just taking college football by storm. Notre Dame, they're getting the explosives. They, they're trying to work in the explosives. I don't like it. But <laughs> Someone here is, uh, is in, the, in the stadium doing a minute to win it. So for those of you coming, there will be a minute to win it challenge at some point uh, in one of the TV timeouts. But... Yeah, Keenan Peely, I think what he said is right on. They're going to run, run, run the football. They have a great dual-threat tight end, Michael Mayer, who I cannot believe has taken us this long to address this guy. If he's not the best tight end in college football, he's second behind Bowers from Georgia. I mean, he is so dang good. He can run block. That is going to be a challenge for the BYU linebacking group because, and I like like this group a lot, but let's be real, Mitch. Wilgar and Thule are undersized linebackers. Michael Mayer is a gigantic human being at tight end. He's six foot four and a half, two sixty-five, along with an, an offensive line that has guys like Joe Alt, Zeke Carell, Josh Lug, Blake Fisher. I mean, there's some NFL names on here. Yeah, coming into the season, you know, Notre Dame had has one of the best offensive lines in college football, and I think that's why their start to the season losing to the likes of Marshall was 
was shocking. It yep. was surprising. They, they've got great play in the trenches. And, you know, I think that's what's interesting, too, about the matchup is that, you know, BYU feels like their strength is at the offensive line. But I feel like that group has underperformed, too. I do, too. Uh, I think that they have not lived up to their hype and the expectations placed upon them coming into the season. So, uh, you know, that's where, you know, it, it, and then you look at the, the personnel that Notre Dame has, and does BYU get right and put their best 60 minutes together against a Notre Dame team that has a lot of talent everywhere you look on their roster? And that's where I think a lot of the, the wise guys in this part of the country, the desert, look at this game and say Notre Dame's the favorite because I think they feel more confident about the uh, maybe the floor is a little bit higher for Notre Dame than than for BYU, but well, you know, I think this is going to be a game though uh, that I could see playing out in a lot of different ways. If BYU wins this one, I think it comes down to the wire. I could see a scenario where Notre Dame runs away with it and, and wins by double figures, or they they win a close one too. So a lot of different outcomes that could be in play here for this matchup. All right, let's get to a break here on. BYU Cougar extended pregame coverage live from Allegiant Stadium. We'll get to the college football scoreboard update on the other side. Let's talk about the BYU offense, challenges they have against the defense, and of course, this extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU. They offer home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. KSL pregame coverage. Top 25 scoreboard update. Yeah, time for the top 25 scoreboard update. I'm Dallin Graff. Let's take a look at the Big 12 matchup, TCU in Kansas. The Horn Frogs scoring a touchdown with a minute and a half left. They go up 38-31. Kansas is going to have about 90 seconds to go try to tie this game up. That's a great one coming down to the wire there. Uh, Michigan, number four, Michigan at Indiana. They scored a touchdown here. Uh, in the fourth quarter to go up to 24 to 10 in that game. Michigan looks to be in control. Uh, this one just got underway not too long ago. South Florida at number 24, Cincinnati. The Bulls led 10-0 early, uh, but the Bearcats have jumped back. 14-10, they lead that game in the second. Coming up here in uh, just a few minutes, the number 11 Utah Utes will be taking on number 18 UCLA at the Rose Bowl. That's coming up at 1.30 Mountain Time here. That's going to do it here for the KSL Sports Studio Scoreboard Update. I'm Dallin Graff. BYU, Notre Dame. Down the sideline, the 10, the 5, he's going in. Touchdown! Extended BYU pregame coverage on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio. Coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium, BYU and Notre Dame. Extended pregame is brought to you by UCCU. Love where you bank. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte were the host. Every single Saturday from noon to 3 here on KSL of Cougar Sports Saturday. You can follow us on Twitter at Mitch underscore Harper, at Biamonte Matt, and follow all of the KSL Sports social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We'll have content throughout the weekend from here in Vegas of BYU and Notre Dame. One of the pieces we've got up on KSLsports.com right now is a cool tidbit about the broadcast today on TV. Uh, BYU Notre Dame is going to be on KSL 5 TV. And at halftime, you will see a former BYU great providing halftime analysis on NBC. That's Chad Lewis. 
and he'll be joined by Notre Dame linebacker Manti Teo. So they'll be on during the, the halftime analysis. And, of course, Chad, a great BYU offensive player who's part of that 94 win. Maybe he can lend some uh, insight to this BYU offense today, Matt, as we look at maybe the questions and storylines for this BYU offense, maybe what uh, you have uh, questions on for BYU against this Notre Dame defense. Man, my, my, my big question, because I think you can expect – greatness from Jaron Hall. I think he's going to take care of the football. He's going to be efficient. Think about that Oregon game, Mitch, where they could not run the football, and the lead just continued to get larger and larger and larger. He still had a a very good football game. It it wasn't enough to keep BYU in the game, but statistically speaking, he played well. And so I have no concern about the passing game, and especially with the addition of Pukunakua back to the lineup. Pete Thamel of ESPN reporting this morning that BYU will have Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua back for this game. That's big time. But my big question is, can BYU football run the ball offensively, especially in the first half? We saw in the second half against Wyoming and Utah State, it started to get going. But where was it in the beginning of the football game? I want it from the get-go to set a tone and run the football because that Irish rush defense, Mitch, they're just middle of the pack, 68th in the country in rush defense so can chris brooks can lopini katoa maybe miles davis he's a game time decision can they run the ball effectively from start to finish because i don't want to see chunk plays late in the game if you're down by 18 it's like okay at the end of the day we had four yards of carry no they have to be meaningful yards per carry when the game is tight i think this has has to be a game too that jaron hall picks up some yards on the ground too Uh, i I don't think BYU's going to dial up anything for him they don't do that but there will be opportunities for Jaron, I'm sure, to scramble, and he's going to have to make some big play happen with his feet. Uh, Jaron Hall is a huge storyline, of course, in this game. But I think a big question that I have is Pukunakua coming back too soon. Uh, we saw him practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, so it's no surprise that he's going to be dressed and, and, and playing. But, uh, you know, the two games that he's played in this year, he's gotten hurt and left early. Pukunaku is an incredible talent. You don't want to have any potential further setbacks for him. I hope for his sake that he is fully healthy and he's not, uh, you know, rushing this too soon just to be back in his hometown. He kind of views Vegas like his hometown. He's got a lot of connections here. His older brothers uh, played at Bishop Gorman. He knows the Dana White and his family, the UFC crew. Uh, so he's got a lot of ties here, so I'm sure there was a personal sentiment. He missed the Arizona game a season ago. He was held out for precautionary reasons. So I, I just hope that Puka is is not forcing the issue to get back soon. I know BYU's team doctors are very, cautious, very yeah. cautious. I mean, there's times this season where BYU coaches, like last week, Chase Roberts is expected to play, and then the doctors say, no, he's, he's not playing today. And that was a total surprise uh, to BYU's coaching staff that he didn't play. So uh, if, if, if Puka's going to play, he is getting the clearance, but you just hope that he doesn't have any setbacks because he's had some unfortunate luck when it comes to the injuries for, for his career. He's had horrible luck. I think the good news on that front, Mitch, would be Gunnar Romney's back. Uh, You heard earlier on extended pregame coverage from Aaron Roderick, and if you missed that, you can find it on our podcast feed. Great interview to get you ready for the game. No limitations on Gunnar Romney. And then also, let's not forget about Cody Epps and the emergence that he's had because guys like Keanu Hill and Cody Epps and Braden Cosper have really emerged and become reliable. You don't have to play Puka the whole football game. You can rotate maybe more than 
Fessy Sataki would like to do typically. So I think that's the good news is, hey, even 30 plays of Puka, I think having him on the field can open it up for other players. Another thing that I'm curious, too, with this offense for BYU is the O-line. Are they ready to be dominant? Uh, Because they're going to go up against the Notre Dame defensive line that is really good, Matt. I mean, you got Isaiah Foskey. Keep an eye on him. He's a defensive end for the Irish, number seven. And then they also have uh, Riley Mills, a defensive end, and Howard Cross, a D-tackle. Very good group. They average three and a half sacks a game. They are good. And I would maybe... I don't think they're quite Baylor good, but they're right there. Uh, they might. Some would say maybe differing opinion. They might say they're better than Baylor's defensive line, but uh, we've seen BYU struggle against Power 5 defensive fronts, and Notre Dame's got as good of a, a defensive front as you're going to see in the Power 5 ranks this year. So I want to see BYU's offensive line live up to all the hype that we anointed them yep. in the preseason, deliver on it, because this is the stage you got to make it happen. We'll take the break here. News, traffic, and weather on the other side. We'll do the top five. Vegas edition. It's Matt Biamonte, Mitch Harper, Cougar Sports Extended Pregame Coverage rolls on here on KSL News Radio. Could it get any bigger? Darren Hall, chest high snap, settling in a clean pocket, goes for the end zone. Keanu Hill wide open, makes the catch for the touchdown. BYU, Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Careful, look right. He'll throw for Erickson. Back shoulder makes the catch of the end zone. Touchdown! What a grab! BYU takes the win from Utah State last week and turns now to the biggest game of the season. The venue is awesome, so I think the environment's going to be a lot of fun, and I just hope that we can give them the best showing that we have all year. This is KSL's extended pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU, live from Las Vegas. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Bimonte. Cougar Nation, happy game day to all of you. KSL News Time, 1.36 p.m., coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium here at Las Vegas. Uh, we're inside this uh, new, what, $2 billion facility, the house that Al Davis once upon a time built. BYU is, is 1-0 all-time here. They played last season against Arizona in the Vegas kickoff classic this year against Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series. Notre Dame undefeated all-time 10-0 in Shamrock Series games, and they'll look to uh, improve that mark, and BYU will look to be the spoiler in today's Shamrock Series. And I'm going to look to be the spoiler today, Matt, (laughs) in the top five, our favorite segment here on the show. Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt Clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. The Top 5. Even when it's coming to you from Allegiant Stadium. This is brought to you by Economic Partners, Utah's premier business valuation and strategic consulting firm. If you need a business valuation, contact econpartners.com. Let's bring in our producer, Dallin Graff. Hello, Dallin. How's it going in Utah? Oh, uh, we're holding it down out here. You know, we're holding it down up here at Broadcast House. Uh, it's a beautiful day in Salt Lake City. Love this fall weather. I'm ready for the top five. Fall weather? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like 90 degrees. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's, <laughs> we're it's... sweating our butts off. <laughs> that sounds like great fall weather to me, guys. I don't know about you. No, no rain, no gloomy. I like the sun, but uh, we got to... This time of year when football when football's on the mind, 90 degrees is not what I'm looking for. You want that it crisp, true. you know, brisk in the morning, a little bit of bite on the air. I, what I, am I, I saying? That. We're indoors over here. It's not going to matter <laughs> what the temperature is. It's it's nice. Well, in the top five, for our listeners that maybe are tuning in for the first time with this extended pregame, Matt and I every week on Cougar Sports Saturday, we have a, a little game where Dallin puts together a list. We don't have any info in front of us. He, put, he creates a topic, and we try to guess – 
that top five list. So, Dallin, what's the topic today on this game day against Notre Dame? Well, you know, a primetime matchup, BYU-Notre Dame. The stars will be out in Las Vegas, and I want to focus on the stars for BYU, and that's that quarterback position. Jaron Hall's been so good to start this season. He's on a really nice pace when it comes to passing yards. He's averaging almost 300 yards a game uh, through the first five games of the season. So today's top five, we're going to look back at the top five single-season passing yards uh, leaders in BYU history. So we're looking for individual seasons by quarterbacks in which they put up the most passing yards. So you got to give me the quarterback and you got to give me the year uh, and we'll go from there. All right. We'll start. Sounds easy enough. All right. We'll start with uh, Mitch this week. Mitch's on a bit of a win streak, two game win streak here. So uh, we'll see if you can continue it. First guess is yours. So single season, I'll go with uh, Ty Detmer, 1990. Yeah, and you're going to start off with uh, the number one on the list there. There you go. Pretty easy. Ty Detmer, 1990, 5,188 passing yards for Ty Detmer. I mean, just even seeing that number is just, uh, you know, draws attention there. Uh, Over 5,000 passing yards in that season. Incredible. Heisman Trophy winning season. Took down Miami back when, you know, to circle it into Notre Dame. The, the Catholics versus the convicts era. You know, Miami, when they were at their peak as a program, that, you know, there's there's no introduction needed for a guy like Ty Denver. He was amazing that year. All right, next guess is yours, Matt. Might be swayed by uh, recency bias, but I was scrolling through the old tweet deck during the break, and guess it was on my screen. A, uh, a current coach who had a huge win in the Red River rivalry. So I'm just going to get it out of the way now. 1996 Steve Sarkeesian. Mm. Oh! Yeah, he's going to miss, but that's a great guess, Matt. Uh, he is six. Oh! He is just outside, and I'll tell you what, he's outside oh. of it by four yards. Oh, that so hurts. You can't get any closer on a miss than that. So there you go. Mitch, chance for you to steal here. Yeah, let's go 1991 tight Etmer. Mitch is lining up the hits here with Detmer. Yeah, this is actually that number five season. So the one that keeps Sark right outside the list is that 1991 Ty Detmer season. 4,031 passing yards that season for Detmer to follow up his Heisman campaign and uh, put the the mark on his career. Yeah, Ty Detmer's senior year. Kind of forgotten at times. They started out 0-3 and and then ended up uh, going 8-3-2. They had that gauntlet of a schedule to open up it was kind of independence like uh, back in the day when they opened up with what was it uh, florida state ucla and penn state uh yeah ty detmer man i you know it, it will be uh i would i would have loved to see ty square off against notre dame because you know it seems like when byu plays the irish the 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 great byu qbs aren't in place uh, you know like john walsh was good uh, you know, and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, th- th- it wasn't Ty Detmer. You know, that's yeah. just a, that slap's a little different. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, Matt, you got to get on the board here. Where do you want to go? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I should just keep ripping off Ty Detmer at this point. <laughs> but I'm going to go 1980 Jim McMahon. That's a Thank great you. guess. Woo! Great All right. Yes, Matt. Yeah, Jim McMahon, number two all-time at BYU. Passing yards in a single season. The 1980 season, he put up 4,500 and 71 passing yards. And just seeing a quarterback put up 4,500 passing yards in 1980 
is just incredible. I mean, just seeing that number stood out to me, uh, what he was doing at that time uh, in, in college football, incredible stuff. Yeah, hey, I mean, that was a, a, an epic year of BYU football. Jim McMahon, I loved seeing him on uh, Eli's Places earlier in the year. Just love how BYU and, and Jim McMahon have kind of reconnected, and there's an embrace there because he is uh, one of the great BYU quarterbacks of all time. I don't care how you slice it and dice it. He's top three, and uh, Jim McMahon is a, a legendary quarterback for BYU. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Mitch, the next guess is yours. You're up 2-1, to one, so a chance to win it here, and I'll just go over the names we have so far. So we have 1990 Ty Detmer, 1991 Ty Detmer, and 1980 Jim McMahon. Uh, where do you want to go here? Let's go 1981, Jim McMahon. Mm. No, not going to make the list, but a good guess doesn't actually end up in the top ten either. So Interesting. Very interesting. Let's go with 1985, Robbie Bosco. Oh, I'm coming back. Let's go. You'll love to see it. Matt's making it interesting here. Robbie Bosco, number four on the list, 4,273 passing yards in that 1985 season. Uh, 1984, he had a solid year, but uh, put up more yards that next season. Obviously not quite as successful for BYU, but still uh, a really good season. Okay, I'm just going to say that... I was distracted because the, what was it, the cascada? Every time we touched, because every time we touched, I, I heard that, and I just like, got distracted. So I, I lost my train of thought. But, hey, Matt is like the BYU defense right now. He starts Ben slow, don't break, and now baby. He, now ben gonna, don't break. Now he's tightening up in the second half. All right, one, uh, one entry left here on the top five. We're tied at two. Mitch, you got a chance to win it all here. And I'm ready to win it. I'm ready to press my luck. I'm hitting all sevens, baby. I got, Daddy's got to get a new pair of shoes here in Vegas. Uh, I'm going to go with 1983 Steve Young. Oh, oh what? The no door's way. open. Come Steve on. Young, number eight all time that season in 1983. 3,902 passing yards that 1983 season. The door is open, Matt. The door is open. Oh. Okay. The door is open. I'm going to go 1986, Robbie Bosco. <laughs> How about this? I'm ready to win it. Let's go right now. 1979, Mark Wilson. Oh, okay. okay. These are all great guesses. These are all good guesses, but we're just missing out. One more remaining again to go over what we have so far. We have 1990, Ty Detmer, 1991, Ty Detmer, 1980, Jim McMahon, and 1985, Robbie Bosco. We're looking for the final one of the top five single-season passing yards, and it's number three if you haven't been keeping track. Okay. So right in the it's middle of the list. Jeez, it's number, number three, three, and we need number three, each of us, because we each You're have two. Right, Number three, I don't, or number three. I don't feel good about this guess, but I have to – I have to get it out of my head just in case it's correct. Could it possibly be 1994 John Walsh? Mm. <laughs> How about this? 1989 Ty Detmer. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he got all the Ty Detmer. The Ty Detmer sweep. You love to see it, oh. Mitch. Yes, 1989. <laughs> over 4,500 passing yards for Ty Detmer that year, 4,500 in 60, I mean, that three-year run, you just look at those numbers he put up. Insane. But uh, a nice run for you, Mitch, getting all those Ty Detmer guesses for the win. Yeah, I need to work on my Texas draw in honor of the, the win. Ty <laughs> securing my third straight victory. Three tied picks and uh, 
gives me my third straight win uh, here in Las Vegas. I'm feeling lucky, Matt. Gosh dang it. We're hitting Ty the tables Denver. tonight. Steve Sarkeesian, how could you do that to me? <laughs> Imagine, though, it would have been cool to see Ty against Notre Dame. You know, Ty was – it was awesome to see him play against Miami and all those great teams like Penn State, Florida State. But, uh, you know, because Notre Dame at that time when Ty was playing, that was the last time Notre Dame won a national title. It was 1988. That was his redshirt freshman season at BYU. And it's, it's weird to think that, you know, BYU, their national title is only four years before – the Irish, but in terms of prestige and brand, it's all about the Irish. But, yeah, Ty Detmer, the Tiesman, he had his share of big games, but it would have been cool to see him against the Irish. He delivered, though, for me today. Uh, all Thanks, three. Ty. I cannot believe you got all three tied. What was I thinking? When in doubt, passing yards, Ty Detmer. It's that Texas draw just gets me every time I had to pick him. Had, Gosh, to, had to pick him. It. Might go hunting on, on his ranch uh, just maybe after the fall. Go uh, catch up and. Uh, You're not gonna do that. You don't think I can hunt? I, I'm I'm 100 a hunter. <laughs> I, unlike unlike BYU, I like being hunted. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's we gotta take a break. Uh, top five is always brought to you by Economic Partners, Utah's premier business evaluation and strategic consulting firm. If you need a business evaluation, contact econpartners.com today. Let's take a timeout. On the other side, BYU is rolling out a new uniform. Same with the Irish. What are they going to wear? We'll describe it next. It's extended pregame coverage. BYU and Notre Dame live from Las Vegas here on KSL News Radio. KSL pregame coverage. Top 25 scoreboard update. Yeah, time to check in on the scores around the world of college football. I'm Dallin Graff. Looking back at the games that just wrapped up, number 17 TCU able to hold on to upset uh, Kansas, number 19 Kansas on the road there. 38-31 final in that one. Uh, games getting underway here at 1:30. Texas Tech at number 7 Oklahoma State. That game's tied at 7 in the first quarter. Number 11, Utah, kicking off against number 18, UCLA. Scoreless so far, just a few minutes into that one. Uh, South Florida, number uh, at number 24, Cincinnati. And the Bulls lead this one 17-14, uh, just about to head into halftime there. So upset alert potentially in the American Athletic Conference there. Uh, you can hear BYU and Notre Dame coming up at 5.30 here on your legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. I'm Dallin Graff with the KSL Sports Studio Scoreboard Update. BYU, Notre Dame, handoff middle, first down, touchdown! Extended BYU pregame coverage on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back to extended pregame coverage here on KSL News Radio. Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium. And extended pregame coverage brought to you by UCCU. UCCU offers equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. And i got to ask you this question, Mitch. I can't believe it's taken us this long to get to it. Which uniform do you love the most from, from this Shamrock Series matchup between BYU and Notre Dame? Because both uniforms are first-time appearances from both teams. Uh, you know, I, I like BYU's uh, a little bit more. I think that I like the helmet. Uh, I think BYU's helmet looks pretty cool. The, the jerseys, eh, they're okay to they're me. Okay. They're they're the same. They don't look any different from other black jerseys. Yeah, they're the same except for the collar. The collar was the uh, fly wire with that old 2012 design. This is a, a new, uh, it, it got rid of that collar. So it's new in that sense, and, and the nameplate is a little bit different 
as well, but that's very specific details. <laughs> uh, you know, Notre Dame's is cool from the standpoint, like, I like the font on the jersey, the gold trim. It looks pretty cool, and the number font's also pretty cool. But, yeah, BYU's going to roll out a, a helmet that starts out with royal blue on the top, and it fades. It's like a gradient, I believe is the term, uh, to black at the bottom. So I would not want this to be a permanent fixture no. in the uniform identity, but for one game, and, hey, the players like it. You'll hear coming up from BYU defensive end Tyler Batty, uh, you know, players like it. This is the sort of thing that the players enjoy is having these one-off uniforms, and I think that's ultimately why the, why the team does it. I just love that they, they're rolling out a, a uniform like this for a big game. Because right. I'm with you. I don't love the uniform. Um, but I love the fact that they're busting out a special uniform for a special Try game. Try something. All right. I, absolutely. Now, I think the helmet's really cool. Uh, again, to your point, not something I want to see every year, but uh, there's enough of these type of games where maybe two or three times a year you roll something out and let's be creative because it's fun. Uh, we're not going to see this again. Uh, we may never see this helmet ever again, and that's and that's fine, even though I think it's cool. doesn't need to be in the mix all the time, but for a big-time matchup, I like it, and I like it a lot more than Notre Dame's. I just think Notre Dame's is a little underwhelming. I know they have some accents to the Golden Dome on the shoulders, but it's white and gold, and it's, I don't know, it just it doesn't feel, and it doesn't look that great. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of sad that there was a missed opportunity. We could have seen Notre Dame in green yes. with their gold helmet, gold pants, and BYU rocking a royal blue look, royal blue jersey, white pants, maybe royal blue helmet or blue. Or that would have looked better than what we're going to see yeah, tonight. That would have looked amazing. This whole white versus black look, uh, it's like it's just not BYU and Notre Dame to me. I, I love Notre Dame's helmet. I love that gold, and I think the, the here's my problem with the helmet, though, Mitch. Okay. It doesn't match the pants. I, That's I, fair. I hate it when they wear the tan pants that are like matte tan. And then you got the shiny gold. It doesn't, it doesn't look good. See, I like their shiny gold now. The the one back in the 90s when BYU first started playing them was kind of matching that, that tan pants. Uh, but they, they've matched the gold from their gold dome on campus on Notre Dame's helmet. But I think that it's fun. Like It, it does add um, a storyline. It adds to the big stage of the game having a special uniform because, you know, whenever you bring up, you know, 2012 Oregon State, you always think that was the blackout game. It kind of, even though BYU lost that game, it was kind of a special deal because they rolled out a special uniform. I think that's in the same breath here. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's not one that's going to be my fan favorite suddenly. I'm not going to be like, oh, please bring back those gradient helmets. It's just, it's cool, though, for one opportunity for the players to get something to, to change it up in the season, they had that cool video where they're at a US, UFC octagon. They had the magician. So uh, pretty cool in that regard. But uh, ultimately, it's going to be one between the lines and not uh, with the uh, the drip and the, and the swag. The most amazing part of this uniform is that it didn't leak. I mean, did you see the picture that BYU football put out where there was a lot of players and a lot of staff <laughs> at that thing? Keenan Peely told us this week that it was just uh, right before fall camp. That they just jumped on a plane and zipped down for the day and got it done. Like it, it's incredible but that it didn't leak. The problem, though, is that they should have released it in the summer and announced it because then you would have had a chance for BYU fans to actually buy black merchandise. Notre Dame has had a ton of options for their fans here in in Vegas. They had a pop up shop at the Bellagio, had a line outside the door with tons of Shamrock Series apparel. 
there's nothing for BYU. Granted, this isn't their game. This is Notre Dame's home game. But still, they rolled out a blackout apparel like, hey, fans, wear black to the game. Well, there's not many options to pick from. Had you maybe rolled this out in July and announced it, there could have been some buildup and people could have budgeted accordingly and say, hey, I'm going to go buy this blackout gear and get ready for the game. But, hey, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know. So I, what would you prefer, though? Would you prefer them to reveal a special uniform for a big game, or do you just say this is the special uniform that, for the year and it comes out right before camp? I would reveal a special uniform before the season during the doldrums where everyone's just ready for football again. Release that like Notre Late Dame July. did, and then you build up momentum, and then people want to buy the merchandise, and they buy everything that comes with it, and there's more money opportunities with that, where you only have one week, and if BYU loses this game, and black's kind of a polarizing color already, where fans are like, I want to wear royal, I want to wear maybe navy. Uh, you know, that, they want to wear blue. So, you know, most Cougar fans are like, I don't even really want to wear the black, but for the ones that do, they just didn't have many options to actually purchase gear, it's because they are asking fans to wear black here in the stands at Allegiant. I think it's going to be a lot of royal blue in the, in, in the stands, personally. I, I think, to your point, black has just not been a a sexy color at, at the retail for, for BYU. It's, it's royal blue right now, and that's all right. As long as there's a good contingent of BYU fans here in Allegiant Stadium, I think uh, everyone will be happy. And we're starting. To, there's starting to be some life here in the press box. The first hour of extended pregame we were it was a ghost town here but you're starting to feel the buzz slowly start to pick up as we're three and a half hours from kick we'll take you all the way to 330 here on extended pregame coverage lead you right into network coverage and then if you want to participate with calls and get interactions as well you can jump over to our sister station ksl uh, sports zone alex keery getting you covered over there as well so we got you covered on every ksl medium ksl 5 tv for the game you can listen to it here on news radio we got you covered for byu football we're going to take a break news traffic and weather up next on the other side we'll get to tyler batty mitch harper caught up with him earlier in the week we'll play the interview next byu takes on the fighting iris of notre dame inside for the touchdown cody f scores third time in his Escaping with a rivalry win one week ago. Chris turns the corner near side. 15-10, 5, touchdown, Christopher Brooks. It's a national stage and a legendary opponent. We've been in that stadium before, so uh, we're looking forward to this matchup. Uh, let's just give it our all and see what we can get done. BYU travels to the high desert of Las Vegas in search of another signature win. We all know what we're doing, you can tell. Now it's just a matter of just kind of getting rid of some of the you know, butterflies, maybe the nerves, and just going and playing ball full speed now. This is KSL's extended. BYU pregame coverage sponsored by UCCU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte live from Las Vegas on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Hour number three is off and running here in extended pregame, KSL News Time, 2.05 p.m. inside Allegiant Stadium. The stage for the Shamrock Series between number 16 BYU and Notre Dame. BYU's never faced Notre Dame as a ranked team. I think that highlights a little bit of the uh, struggles that the Cougars have had over the years with the Irish. BYU is 2-6 and six all-time against Notre Dame. The last meeting was in 2013, a game that BYU lost in South Bend, which was one of the coldest games on record in Notre Dame history. It was a senior day. It was 28 degrees at kick. No worries here inside the cozy confines, Matt, of Allegiant <laughs> Stadium. We got the, the AC going. We're 
We're uh, waiting on some. Uh, there was uh, there's like some pregame food cooking up here. We got some Ra- Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders. I always do that. So Las Vegas Raider water bottles we're drinking, but uh, uh, going to be a great atmosphere here in this uh, beautiful two billion dollar facility that BYU's already played in a season ago when they took on Arizona. And a guy that's familiar with this stadium is BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. And every single week on Cougar Tracks, I catch up with Batty and have a 30-minute sit-down conversation about him and the latest with this BYU football team and caught up with him this week to break down the Notre Dame matchup. And, Tyler, what's your perspective of this Notre Dame team? Honestly, they had a rough spell right beginning of the season. Ohio State and then Marshall had taken two back-to-back. But, you know, between Cal, UNC, they've bounced back. They're still a really good team. Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about Notre Dame, um, and I, I don't think... It's not definitely not a team you can go to sleep on, right? Um, they're they're a good team. They have talented guys. Um, I think you know they're very traditional but good scheme, right? I mean, I uh, yeah, they're not they're not a team you're gonna you're you're gonna kind of brush off. It's you got to take them serious, or, or they can they can do some damage. What comes to mind when when you for the or what first comes to mind for you when you think of Notre Dame? Um, Just maybe their brand. Their, their, what what's because I remember when I, I asked this to Cody Epps last week after the Utah State game, uh, he said the Manti Teo series, and, and then he said that got him even <laughs> so, more excited, which I thought was 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 fun to hear. Yeah, honestly, that was the first thing that yeah. came to mind. But uh, touchdown, Jesus, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Um, I there, I think just South Bend and and just kind of the the legacy that Notre Dame has, just their identity, right? Yeah. As a football program, like no, that's Notre Dame, like. Everyone. It doesn't even. It doesn't matter if you're from from the U.S. If you're from somewhere else, like if you know anything about American football, especially like college football in America, like Notre Dame's going to be the, one of the first teams that yeah. comes to mind. So, yeah, there. It's yeah, definitely a a very very rich history there, and so I think that for me, that's that's kind of the thing that comes to mind. Is that fun for you as a uh, as an athlete to just you know? I mean, not to worship the ground of of Notre Dame because you guys are going to go and I'm sure believe that you can win this game and, and if you do what you're you guys are supposed to do you can win uh in a make a statement but uh just does that add to the the excitement factor for you uh going into a matchup where you know a lot of people are going to watch a lot of people are going to care and it's against a team that has so much history yeah absolutely um I think I think playing for a team that has a ton of history as well yeah. being BYU and just being who we are again another unique program yeah. Um, BYU is definitely a very, we have a very unique history, very unique program. Um, I just think the combination of those two is 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 really fun. It brings a lot of excitement um, into it, and so yeah, definitely, definitely not afraid of Notre Dame. Um, respect them. Definitely not afraid. Um, and and yeah, totally believe that, that we can take it to them and and win this game. Absolutely, a hundred percent. But just exciting, yeah, to to be able to go out and compete against. Um, such a storied program. You never shy away from these big games. You guys tend to play pretty well uh, in the big settings. Kalani teams have always showed well. Is there just an, maybe an extra level of uh, of detail and just that naturally when it is, you know it's a big game, you're just going to be more dialed in and focused throughout the week? Yeah, I think I think naturally. Um yeah, it is it is, you know, it's again it's one, I think one of the one of the games that everyone circled, right? Um since you know before before the season uh fans and players alike so yeah it's it brings an added measure of just like 
excitement and energy and um yeah and i think that definitely does um affect preparation right throughout the week i I don't i don't know how it couldn't um just because you do know it's it's a big game uh and i think that's the that's the challenge um every week right is consistency and not having ups and downs in your preparation right preparing every week like you're going to play a big game um this week it just happens to be one last year when you guys were at allegiant stadium did uh were you guys in the Raiders locker room, or were you guys in like one of their many locker rooms? We, so we're we're in the we're in the away locker room. I believe it was uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was. I think it was the use uh, or excuse me, um, UNLV away okay. locker room because there are there's a bunch of different yeah. locker rooms in there. There's a bunch of different locker. I think we, we we walked through the NFL locker room in there though um, when we went down on Friday last year. We toured the whole stadium, walked out on the field, all that. That was really cool. But we went through all locker rooms. But we were in the we were in UNLV's away locker room. Cool. And uh, I would imagine, I'm sure there'll probably be a similar setup this time around. Uh, what do you think it's going to take? Not diving into the game plan, of course, but just what do you feel like it's going to take for you guys to pull off this win? Because what's crazy is, despite you guys being having a four and one record and being nationally ranked, you're the underdogs. What do you think of it's going to take to to get this job done? Uh, physicality, right? Uh, that's I think that's the biggest one, especially defensively, defensive line wise. Um, they've got a big offensive line, big, athletic, tough. Um, I think uh, up front to stop the run, we we just have to yeah play tough, tough, hard nosed, physical football. I, I think that's I really think that's what it comes down to. You guys have faced some really good O lines this year. Oregon, I don't think has even given up given up an, a sack yet, uh, and this is through five weeks. Uh, Baylor was really good. How does I, I know you weren't in that Oregon game, but how do you think Notre Dame's O line compares to you know those ones in particular? Yeah, again, very similar. A lot of big, again, athletic, very talented dudes, four star, five star athletes, yep. right? That that have been recruited. Um, so yeah, I I, I think it's going to be a good challenge for us. I think it's also an opportunity to make a statement um, and uh, and you know just go out there and and compete and and show people you know what we what we can do i can't believe i haven't addressed this with you uh i guess i just probably maybe put it out of sight and out of mind maybe just because of the the nature of the game but the jerseys how have we not addressed this Tyler? <laughs> yeah, honestly how have we honestly, not addressed this this is the this will determine the game ultimately right <laughs> so so how how surprised were you uh i well i i had a had word that there was going to be black uniforms but the helmet i thought maybe was i had heard that maybe it'll be like the beat digger logo I was uh, I was surprised by the design. Yes, I, I'll admit I was I was surprised by that look. I thought it was pretty sweet, and also the uh, uh, the video too. I thought was cool as well because Notre Dame put it out there with the whole hangover parody. Uh-huh. It's like BYU's got to come with something. Uh-huh. You can't just uh, give in to the Irish even in the social media game. So I thought the whole thing looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, those those uniforms we've been really excited about for for a bit. Um, so it was it was cool to finally be able to release it and show them to everyone yeah. and and show them to all the all the all the players. Um, so yeah, it was I I, I love them. I was I was super bummed because in 2020 when we were pretty much we were retiring those jerseys, I didn't play in the game against San Diego That's State. Right. Um, I was out still, and so I was I was super bummed. I was like, I'm never gonna play in our blackout unis. I never thought they would come back this quick. Um. But uh, but getting ready for the season when they when they said that they were I was I was really excited. So we haven't worn them yet, but if you had to rank them, your personal ranking, let's go, 
let's go with just the standard traditional royal blue on top, white pants. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, whatever. I mean, because you guys got so many different looks now, and it's awesome. I, I think that's what's cool about the uniforms. Like, I'll admit the the black the helmet kind of throws me off, but I think the one off nature of it I think is cool. I think that makes it fun. It kind of just changes up the daily monotony a little bit of a football season, the grind. I think it's a fun thing, and I think everyone should get on board with that. How would you rank uh, your personal opinion um, of of the uniforms for for BYU that that you personally like? Um, is black at number one? Because I know Gunnar no. Romney Gunner said uh, black's number one. Uh, ben Bywater said black is number one, and Ben had a great answer. He said, uh, "Gosh, what did he say?" He he said that uh, the all whites make him. He doesn't. He makes. He doesn't like how they make him look physically, uh, like his physique. But <laughs> Ben I Ben Bywater, you are such a pretty boy. <laughs> Get out of here. Ben also said, "I didn't realize this, but it's a good good note." Uh, he he's big into the black cleats, the black yeah, accessories. Yeah. So he's he's all in on the black. What yeah. about you? Uh, I do love the black. I do love the black. But I am actually fan a fan of the all white look. Okay. So my my favorite my favorite uni is probably um, all white 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 lid white jersey white pants with royal highlights. There we go. That that's yeah. my that's my number one. Um, and then honestly, it's probably a toss up between the blackout look, um, between the blackout look and a royal a royal <laughs> uni combination. So yeah, that that's cool. How surprised were you though with the the video? Did you know about that? The whole UFC no, and magician I, that bit? that I didn't know. That I didn't know about it. So that's our social media team, very sneaky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was I was expecting something. I didn't yeah. know quite what, but uh, I wasn't too surprised that they went down to Vegas and filmed that. So it was pretty sick. That's BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. You can hear that full conversation on the Cougar Tracks podcast available on all podcasting platforms and kslsports.com. we got to take a timeout. On the other side, we'll continue to share some observations, pregame observations from Allegiant Stadium. It's BYU and Notre Dame extended pregame, and it's brought to you by UCCU, which UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. More on the other side, KSL News Radio. BYU, Notre Dame. However and wherever you're listening, thanks for joining us here on extended pregame coverage as we are three hours and a few minutes away from kickoff between BYU and Notre Dame from Las Vegas. That by Amate Macharper coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium and it's a lot of fun to be in here right now, well before the game is going to kick off. We we were we enjoyed the Notre Dame band earlier, and we're starting to see some media start to enter the stadium. It feels like we are getting ever so closer to kick off between the Irish and BYU. And Mitch, this is just it's one of the biggest games I think BYU football will have all year. And with them being number sixteen. It's just a huge opportunity to continue to submit yourselves as being a nationally relevant program. I look at this BYU team, and they've got something to prove, Matt. I think that you know they're four and one; they're nationally ranked, but they just haven't come anywhere close to playing their best football. And I think that 
all of Cougar Nation out there that's listening today, they want BYU to play at their best. What does that look like at their best? We saw it against USF, I think, in those first, you know, two and a half quarters, three quarters. They played great, and that was an outstanding product. We haven't seen BYU come anywhere close to that since that game in week one. This is week six now, and there's been some great wins. They took down Baylor. Uh, they took care of business the past two weeks. I wouldn't call that great, but they were wins. Uh, they're 4-1 and one on the year, but I think there's still more to be had for this team. And I just think at the midway point of the year, starting today, it's it's going to either go you know one it's going to go a certain direction. It's either going to start to trend down, or BYU is going to start this climb where they continue to insert themselves in the national college football conversation. And if they win today, they're probably going to be a top you know fifteen team guaranteed. Sure. Yeah. Maybe they're knocking on the door of the top ten, depending on how this game plays out. So. A lot is at stake for BYU, and we saw today Arkansas loses uh, to Mississippi State. So BYU is going to play a 3-3 three and three Arkansas team who didn't have their starting quarterback today, K.J. Jefferson, so his status is up in the air. If you can get by this one, maybe that Arkansas game next week is a little bit more manageable than what you initially expected a couple weeks back. And then we're maybe looking at BYU making a potential run. Matt, this game is critical for BYU. So much is at stake here. Only bummer about the Arkansas loss is that game, it feels like it's no longer going to be an ABC game. With Arkansas being 3-3, three, three and three, it's probably heading to ESPN. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, this is not an ESPN football game. So do not go to ESPN if you want to catch BYU and Notre Dame. If you can't make it to the game or you have other obligations and you're listening to it right here on the Legacy Home KSL News Radio. You can watch it on KSL TV 5. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, there's going to be pregame coverage with our guy Sam Farnsworth on KSL TV 5. That will lead into network coverage with Jack Collinsworth, who will be coming up in the next segment to preview Notre Dame. So it's a, and it's just a huge opportunity. Uh, BYU does not get these type of opportunities that often, Mitch. I know in recent memory it kind of feels like they do, but historically speaking, they don't. They're number 16. They have a chance to, in the middle of the season, get a big time. When you got to capitalize on these opportunities, man. These are opportunities that can build build the program up. It can help with recruiting. It can it can put you on a path to be even better than the path they're on now in the, in the Big 12. Because you look at that new Big 12, too. TCU is looking good again. Kansas has life. Kansas State's looking good. Like that Big 12, that new Big 12 is going to be deep. And if you have a chance before you get there to enhance your recruiting profile with wins against Notre Dame, uh, wins against Baylor, you got to take advantage of those opportunities because they're, they're, not, they're few and far between. We're inside Allegiant Stadium, and you can follow our coverage throughout the day on kslsports.com. Um, some sights, we heard some sounds earlier from the Notre Dame uh, band of the Fighting Irish uh, earlier uh, today. Uh, some sights, though, here inside the stadium. Notre Dame brought their famous Play Like a Champion today sign. That's inside their locker room. Uh, their Shamrock Series banners that have the Notre Dame logo with a shamrock inside this like Vegas-style old-school font. It's kind of like a vintage Vegas. Uh, like I'm picturing that 
old cowboy with the cigarette in his mouth, like that sign that you probably see in Wendover. I think there was one in, in Vegas too. It's that sort of font. It, it's cool. I mean, this is a a big setting, but uh, hopefully BYU is ready to uh, be the team that uh, embraces the underdog and they uh, take take down that uh, that favorite team here in this spot. They do have some personnel that come back for this matchup. Puka Nakua. He's going to play. First time this year, BYU will have Puka and Gunnar Romney available at wide receiver. Mason Waite comes back this week. Last week he was dealing with concussion-like symptoms. Uh, due to the short week, he wasn't able to go through the entire concussion protocol. So he's back uh, in, in that tight end spot behind Isaac Rex and also that fullback role that he always occupies. Defensive line, uh, still some issues there with Josh Larson. He's been on crutches uh, for the past few weeks, not expecting to, to see him play. Uh, Blake Mangelson, last week we saw him in a boot. He's a defensive end for BYU, a rotational guy. And then Gabe Summers, he's a game-time decision. We'll see what ends up happening with him. He suffered a partial PCL tear in week one. He played through it for the next three games, but was out last week. We'll see if Gabe Summers is able to go. But in these big games, I think a lot of these players want so badly to to play in these stages. Because you think about in football, Matt, these guys will work hours and weeks, months for just seconds these games you know uh, an individual play will only go a few seconds and they they do everything throughout the offseason for these big huge stages like this one against Notre Dame so you can hope that uh, hope that BYU's personnel they're all uh, as, as available as they can possibly be and they can put their best product out here against Notre Dame which will be kicking off at 5 30 p.m. mountain time 4 30 pacific it's BYU and Notre Dame we'll get to a break on the other side news traffic and weather extended pregame coverage brought to you by UCCU UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs UCCU love where you bank on the other side uh, NBC TV Play-by-play man Jack Collinsworth to preview the Irish. We'll talk to him next. Could it get any bigger? Jaron Hall, chest high snap. Settling in a clean pocket. Goes for the end zone. Keanu Hill wide open. Makes the catch for the touchdown. BYU. Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Careful look right. He'll throw for Erickson. Back shoulder makes the catch in the end zone. Touchdown. What a grab. BYU takes the win from Utah State last week and turns now to the biggest game of the season. The venue is awesome, so I think the environment is going to be a lot of fun, and I just hope that we can give them the best showing that we have all year. This is KSL's extended pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU, live from Las Vegas. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Bimonte. Extended pregame rolls on here on KSL News Radio. It's brought to you by UCCU. UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. Uh, BYU and Notre Dame were just about uh, a little under three hours away from kickoff live inside Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. And joining us now to preview the matchup between the number 16 Cougars and the two and two Notre Dame Fighting Irish is NBC play-by-play voice Jack Collinsworth. And Jack, this has the makings to be a great matchup. We're excited to have you on today. Really appreciate you guys having me. I, I feel the same way. You could tell just coming into the season that these two were on a collision course. You know, BYU had a great team on paper coming back, and I feel like they're co- kind of getting healthy, getting their receiver and core back coming into this game. And Notre Dame finally figured it out. 
at North Carolina and looked like the team they were designed to be. So I think it's the right time for these two to meet in prime time. What are you, the the key storylines for you in, in this matchup between BYU and Notre Dame? I, I'm looking at Jaron Hall. I, I think this this is really an impressive player. And, and getting to talk with the coaching staff yesterday, you got a sense of, of how they feel about his game. And then getting to meet with him, you get a deeper understanding of why everybody's so excited about him. And, you know, the competition that he had with Zach Wilson, I think, was a lot closer than the outside world probably understands and then getting to learn behind Zach and, you know, talking to Coach Kalani Sataki and understanding how he was as a backup, how he carried himself as a backup and what he learned throughout that process. And now he's mature and feels like this is an opportunity to provide for his family. You know, have a couple great games here down the stretch of the season. He's going to be a, a really hot NFL prospect. And I think he's playing that way so far. And now he has to just go do it against some, some tough teams coming up. We're joined by Jack Collinsworth here on Hoover Sports Saturday. Jack, uh, Drew Pine did not start the year as the Irish starting quarterback for these past few weeks. Yeah. Filling in since Tyler Buckner got hurt. How has he improved since coming in late in that game? You know, it's funny because he came in during the Cal game and it, it really could not have been a slower start. And and it was, I think he was just had the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, he's just, he grew up a Notre Dame fan. He wears number 10 because of Brady Quinn. He's, lived and breathed Notre Dame football his entire life. And and then he finally gets his opportunity where it's his team and he's the starter. He came in a couple of times last year. The Cincinnati game came in, looked pretty good. Wisconsin game came in, threw some touchdowns, did the Conor McGregor celebration. So he's he's got that confidence about him. And I think you saw his growth from the first start, then going on the road at North Carolina. And he's just going to have to do his job within this offense. It's going to be about these three running backs. It's going to be about the offensive line and Michael Mayer and this true freshman tight end, Eli Raritan, who's starting to come on for him. So it's a heavy pound-the-football offense, but he's going to have some opportunities to take some open, deep shots. And he just got to hit them. Uh, In North Carolina, he started to do that. And this offense looks a lot different when they have a quarterback throwing the ball with some confidence. And that just was not the case. You know, they were struggling to start the season. And all of a sudden, when, when Pine was playing on his game at North Carolina, the offense looked like what it was designed to be. And, and they had been waiting on that moment. And they looked like a tough team to beat on the road. Jack, what do you think is at stake for Notre Dame in this game against BYU? Well, a lot, right? A lot. I think I think a lot's at stake the entire rest of the way for Notre Dame is, you know, they, they want to prove that Marcus Freeman's first season that, that there's something to this group, right? And, and the quarterback position was a challenge for them from the very beginning going, you know, do we want to bring in a transfer? Do we want to, you know, go with Drew Pine? Do we want to go with Buckner? Buckner sort of wins out that competition. They go all in on Buckner and Pine's going to be the backup. And now, uh, obviously, everything has transformed from there. But I, I think a lot's on the line. They, they knew coming into this season, Notre Dame, that, that BYU was going to be the, one of the toughest opponents on the schedule. It's a mature team. I think that's probably the first thing that, that you understand when you start meeting with the players is that you know, a lot of these guys are married. These guys are, you know, 24 years old, 22, 25 years old. And they carry themselves with a lot of maturity. And I think it's just going to be a challenge uh, across the board. Defensively, there's not a bunch of big star names for BYU, but they fly to the football. They're they're very assignment sound, and they're tough, and they're physical. So I think it's going to be a challenge offensively. And then defensively, this pass attack 
that BYU brings to the table. And the runners I like as well. Miles Davis and Brooke played well, coming off a good game. So they go about six deep at wide receiver. So it's going to be really a challenge for the secondary of Notre Dame, trying to cover Romney and Puka and Hill and Epps and Cosper and Roberts. It's really a deep group of wide receivers. And, and Notre Dame's going to have to lean on some young corners to try to go cover them. Few more moments here with play-by-play voice Jack Collinsworth. He'll be on the call for the Shamrock Series matchup between BYU and Notre Dame on NBC and Peacock. Jack, how big of a production is this? Uh, Going down to an NFL stadium where the Raiders play, just how much work and preparation goes into a broadcast like this? Well, a lot. I mean, I spent, you know, at least half of my week last week preparing for the BYU side of it. And then, you know, all of this week meeting with the players and the coaches and, and rewatching some, some games from BYU in the season. And, you know, we've watched all the Notre Dame games, a couple of them, sitting up in the broadcast booth. So we have a really good grasp of that team. They're coming off the bye, so they'll be fresh. But, you know, it's, it's a huge production. And this for us, you know, this is a primetime game. And we have back-to-back primetime games coming up with uh, BYU, then with Stanford next weekend. And so this is one of the, the circled games on the schedule going down there to Vegas in the Shamrock Series. You know, Notre Dame has been able to take this Shamrock Series and grow it to some really cool stadiums, you know, going to Jerry's World and Dallas and playing in Yankee Stadium. They played a game up in Boston on a baseball field as well. So they've really been able to take this series all over the place. And now to go to Vegas, which is becoming a football town, it's crazy. I feel like we're, we're there a couple times, two, three times a year here lately and, and that stadium is unbelievable if you haven't been there it's one of the coolest stadiums anywhere in the country so it, it's a massive production one of the biggest games we'll do all year jack i was curious too with, with your preparation getting ready for this matchup and assume your conversations you've had with kalani sataki what do you think of coach sataki and your interactions with byu's head man you know, it's, it's funny. It, it was easily one of the most impressive groups across the board that we have met with ever. And we left that meeting, and I sort of was calling and texting with Coach Garrett and our producer going, holy smokes. I mean, these guys are, are just so impressive and thoughtful and, and kind. And it's not just the coaching staff. It's the players and, you know, it's the PR staff. Before you sit down, is there anything else we can do? Is the pronunciation like anything we can do to help to help this process, I mean, we, we were just so blown away by the way that they carry themselves and inspired by them. And I think that Coach Garrett was really just engaged with Coach Sataki and, and was asking him questions. You could tell that the respect from those two goes back years, you know, that they had admired each other from afar. And I think they had plenty of connections across the way. But I, I was probably most interested in the history of BYU football and how it connects to the present of BYU football, the present-day version of BYU football, and the fathers that have sons playing on this team. And, you know, Coach Sataki, who has played with so many of these guys, the members of his coaching staff, and and just watching how it connects to the modern day and the pass attack, the aerial raid, and the way that they still want to play offense, just feels like a deep-rooted foundation. It's it's similar – you know, similar thought process when you start thinking about Notre Dame football, but just the connections to the past of BYU, I really thought was interesting and the stories that you hear as a result of it. I'm looking forward to telling on the air. 
In the 2010s, Jack, this game was it was a close game. Notre Dame won both of those uh, in the early days, of the independent era. But when you look forward to this game, what do you think will be a key or maybe a position battle or something along those lines that you think will have a big impact on the game? Yeah, I think two things. You're trying to stop BYU offensively. It's going to put a lot of pressure on this secondary of Notre Dame. And and it's a secondary that's it's evolving a bit. You know, Cam Hart was sort of the leader of that secondary last year, and he's a converted wide receiver to quarterback. But now you're seeing these two true freshmen, Ben Morrison and Jaden Mickey, get much more playing time. Uh, they got the Brandon Joseph, who transferred over from Northwestern, giving them some experience. But there's really some young guys back there within that secondary of Notre Dame. And, and it, they're, gonna, they're just going to be challenged throughout the entire game. And I think there's going to be moments where Jaron Hall will take off and escape the pass rush on his own. So they're going to have to cover for, for longer. So that's the key on that side. And then for BYU defensively, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to stop this power run game. And it, it's, it's not an easy pass. And Joe Alt is going to be an NFL offensive lineman. You know, Jarrett Patterson is going to be an NFL offensive lineman. Blake Fisher is going to be an NFL offensive lineman. Josh Lugg very well may get his chance at the league as well. So they're going to come off the ball and punch you in the mouth. And there's going to be multiple tight end sets. And you know, they're going to have two running backs in the game at the same time. And Chris Tyree is sort of that jet motion speedster. And Estime is this big 230-pound tailback is going to be coming right downhill and Logan Diggs is some combination of both. Uh, so so it's going to be a heavy attack from them. But I do think that the passing game of Notre Dame since Pine has gotten in there at starting quarterback has improved. So I don't think it's one-dimensional maybe like it was to start the year. They got a little bit of ability to throw the football now, which has only benefited what they want to do, running the football downhill. He's NBC Sports' Notre Dame football play-by-play voice, Jack Collinsworth, and you can hear him on the call on NBC and Peacock. Kickoff is at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time here on KSL 5 TV and also uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time in Las Vegas. Jack, I uh, hope you and, and Coach Garrett have an excellent call and, and, and looking forward to, to the great production here in Vegas. Hey, you guys do great work on here. really appreciate you having me. That was Jack Collinsworth. He'll be on the call in a few hours on NBC if you're going to watch the game at home. Good stuff from him previewing the Irish of Notre Dame. We'll take a break on the other side. Let's get to a few of the big storylines we're keeping an eye on as we inch closer to kickoff between the Fighting Irish and the BYU Cougars here on KSL News Radio. BYU, Notre Dame. Down the sideline, the 10, the 5, he's going in. Touchdown! Extended. BYU pregame coverage on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back to extended pregame coverage live from Allegiant Stadium. It's Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper getting you ready for BYU and Notre Dame, a absolutely huge matchup and a gigantic opportunity. For the BYU football team, they're playing an Irish team that have not met expectations up to this point, 2-2, two and two, but they're coming off a nice win against North Carolina. Let's scout the opponent. Special pregame coverage. Scouting the opponent. Mason and go behind the lines of BYU's opponent to find out what to expect on KSL News Radio. Mitch, my friend, the KSL Sports BYU insider and co-host of Cougar Sports Saturday. Let's start with some injury updates on both sides. Uh, let, let's get to uh, BYU first. 
And then uh, the Irish on the injury front. Well, we're expecting to see Pukunakua playing today. First time that BYU will have Pukunakua and Gunnar Romney available in the wide receiver room at the same time. Puka practiced on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, so it's huge for BYU to have their best playmaker out there on the field. Going to be a game-time decision on Miles Davis. Last week there was a little bit of concern when he left the field that it's possibly a non-contact injury. I did see him on Tuesday at practice. Might, might have been an oversight on our part. Maybe we didn't see him on Wednesday, uh, but uh, Miles Davis will be a game-time decision. Same thing with wide receiver Chase Roberts. BYU will get back Mason Wake. Uh, who was out last week due to the concussion-like protocol. Uh, He's back uh, after missing the Utah State game. Going to wait, get game-time decision on Gabe Summers, a defensive lineman. Uh, Blake Mangelson, he was in a boot last week. And then uh, Josh Larson, highly uh, highly unlikely with him. He was seen on crutches earlier this week at practices. He's still recovering from an injury that he suffered against Wyoming. But by all accounts, though, Matt, I know there was a lot of names there seems like BYU still is, is on the upswing when it comes to getting healthier because at that Wyoming game a few weeks back, it felt like, is everyone going down with injury? There's Wilgar, right. there's Kingsley, <laughs> there's Max Tooley. But it seems like you know all those guys played last week and, and things are, are trending upwards uh, with BYU. We did hear from Aaron Roddick earlier today uh, during the interview. You can check that out on our podcast feed. The hit that Jaron Hall took last week uh, against Utah State, the two hits, uh, were the hardest hits he's had maybe since he's been the starting quarterback last year. And we did see Jaron, you know, kind of rotating his arm, his shoulder a little bit, uh, you know, which kind of just indicates that he got a little bit nicked up there and not going to be necessarily 100%, but who honestly is when you get to this point of the season. But I thought that was noteworthy when we chatted with Aaron Roderick about uh, Jaron Hall, how uh, that hit was something that made – uh, A-Rod uh, adjust his play-calling style in that fourth quarter against the Aggies, so something to monitor there uh, with with Jaron Hall, maybe the aftermath of that hit, and if that extra days uh, for for him to recover uh, help at all in his uh, recovery. A few interesting uh, news and notes to get you to understand who the Fighting Irish are a little bit. The running game is coming to life for Notre Dame. They had three running backs last week rush for over 100 yards and Audric Estime, I always love it from my uh, time speaking French, Mitch. When I see a name with a little asterisk over the E, little French lesson for everybody that has an A sound at the end. So Audric Estime has been averaging six yards per carry over the past two games. 35 times, 210 yards, three touchdowns. There's going to be a heavy dose of the run game behind Estime and Chris Tyree. They have to be prepared to stop the run. This team wants to run the football. They have a backup quarterback in Drew Prine who has been completing over 80% of his passes in the second, third, and fourth quarters of the past two games. Has been getting off to a slow start in the first, but this team is going to try to establish the run. And BYU's, it's, the, it's no surprise. Tyler Batty talked about it. They know what's coming, but can they stop it? Audric Estime was asked earlier this week, uh, you know how what he views of BYU, and he said that their players are good, but felt that they didn't match up with uh, with Notre Dame's players, and that they should be able to take care of business. A little bit of bulletin board material, I guess you could say, for this BYU Notre Dame game. But hey, you know BYU's defense—they're getting called out. They got to step up if they want to slow down Notre Dame. Some injury news when it comes to the Fighting Irish—they're starting state safety. 
D.J. Brown. Uh, he's expected to be able to play. He practiced this week, according to Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman. And then also their backup, Ramon Henderson, he is expected to be back as well. So the Irish, uh, pretty healthy. And that was something that Aaron Roderick talked about with us too, was that they had a full week to get guys back from injury. And, uh, you know, the Irish are, are, by all accounts, they've played one less game than BYU. They're in a pretty healthy spot at the moment heading into this uh, Shamrock series, series tilt here at Allegiant Stadium. And uh, Notre Dame is 10-0 and all-time in the Shamrock Series. I do think that number is a bit inflated. The opponent hasn't always been up to the caliber of BYU. I think in, in recent years, uh, just off the top of my head, I think BYU and Wisconsin are probably the two uh, hardest teams they've played in the Shamrock Series over, the, what, the past five years or so. So, uh, but... Nevertheless, 10-0, and Notre Dame fans love this series. The team obviously responds to this opportunity. I, I will say, even though this is a home game, I'm very curious how the travel will play into this for Notre Dame. I know they're coming off a bye and they're, and they're fresh, but it's a long trip for Notre Dame, and this is a new environment for Notre Dame. Uh, it's, it's not a long trip for BYU. They've played in the stadium before. I wonder if, of course, there's going to be the pregame jitters, Mitch, but I wonder if having been in here before, there'll be a little bit more sense of of calm in the opening moments just because it is going to be familiar. Because remember the pregame last year versus Arizona? It was off the hook. I mean, it was a 10 out of 10 on atmosphere and vibes. You got the team waiting in the corner, the video uh, on the board of them hanging out in Vegas in front of the fountains at Bellagio. Like, they've been there. They've done that at this stadium. And I think there is a good chance that BYU will start faster than Notre Dame. The question is, can they convert in the red zone? Well, they, they haven't had any distractions in the near the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, BYU stayed near Lake Las Vegas. They were at the Westin out there uh, in Henderson. So nowhere near the Strip, whereas uh, Notre Dame, uh, they were at the Red Rock in Summerlin. Summer, Summerlin, not as close to uh, the strip, either. But either way, uh, you know, Vegas is a place where distractions can can happen, and that wasn't the case uh, for BYU. They made sure to avoid that. Same with Notre Dame. They had a bedtime check last night at eight thirty p.m. local time here. Holy in... smokes! That's like <laughs> I put my two year old down at that time. Are you kidding? Eight thirty p.m. Pacific time bed check. Make sure you're in the room. Mark eight thirty. I mean. Come on. Marcus Freeman had the bed check. In my house, we like to call it a night around 8.32. So we're putting the little ones to sleep, and then we're going to bed ourselves. That's a little early for a college athlete. 8.30? But Vegas, though, that's you don't want to run the risk of, of these guys getting out and about. Marcus Freeman was on was on guard about that. If they're going out and about and running the town, then they're not focused on full, uh, football or academics. I, I think... Vegas is a legit distraction, though. I mean, for a college athlete, like Tyler Patty, he even told me, he said that this BYU team, you know, there's a lot of veteran guys, mature guys that are married. We, we've heard that whole song and dance from every opposing coach ever. BYU's average age is only still around 21 years old, but they have a lot of young guys, 18-year-olds. You think about some of the, uh, you know, just young guys that are new freshmen that maybe get out to Vegas for the first time on their own, away from parents, and they're thinking, yeah, what a... Hit the strip. Let's here's, go down. Here's, here's what <laughs> I would Here's what I would have done if I was a head coach playing in Vegas after last night. In the team meeting, I would have said, "Hey, look what just happened on the strip. Someone was stabbed to death on the strip. That All right? was frightening. By that the was way. terrifying. Yeah. So, do you want to go down there? I don't think so. I, All right. <laughs> I legit had family hitting me up saying, "You do not go down on the strip." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, whoa! What are you talking about? I'm a grown man. Like, what are you talking about? They're like." 
did you see that that someone got stabbed? Like, where are you? I'm like, okay, okay. I, I am not anywhere near that. I'm at a Hampton Inn. I am at a Hampton Inn. The go to the strip at your own peril, but you may not return. So uh, stay far away. And that smell, it just hits you Ooh. like a stack of bricks in certain areas. You just go. Ooh, I, I highly recommend being around the the Aria or the Bellagio. That's where Notre Dame's headquarters. Henderson were. is where it's at, man. Henderson is where it is at. I love where BYU State. I love that part of the Valley. <laughs> Henderson, all the way. What, what's your favorite uh, Vegas hotel, real quick? Uh, Vegas hotel, uh, Green Valley Ranch. I think out in Henderson, yeah, love it. Green Valley Ranch. I, I like. Uh, I like the Trump one. I think that one's pretty good. I also like the the Aria as well. That was Cosmopolitan. Those ones are pretty sweet. We got to take a break though. Uh, we'll continue coverage here. Three and out next, and then our score predictions live from Las Vegas. It's BYU versus Notre Dame here on KSL News Radio. BYU takes on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Inside for the touchdown. Cody Epps scores. Third time in as many weeks. After escaping with a rivalry win one week ago. Chris turns the corner near side. 15-10. Five. Touchdown. Christopher Brooks. It's a national stage and a legendary opponent. We've been in that stadium before, so uh, we're looking forward to this matchup. Uh, let's just give it our all and see what we can get done. BYU travels to the high desert of Las Vegas in search of another signature win. We all know what we're doing. You can tell. Now it's just a matter of just kind of getting rid of some of the you know, butterflies, maybe the nerves, and just going and playing ball full speed now. This is KSL's extended BYU pregame coverage, sponsored by UCCU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, live from Las Vegas on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Start of hour number four of our extended pregame coverage. We are taking you uh, throughout this pregame buildup of BYU and Notre Dame live inside Allegiant Stadium. KSL News Time, 3.06 p.m. Uh, the Allegiant Stadium field has Notre Dame and Fighting Irish in the end zones right now on the field. The the Las Vegas Raiderettes, they've made the, the appearance here at the game, so apparently they will be here to enjoy the festivities of BYU versus Notre Dame. And BYU is the ranked team, number 16 in the country, yet... Notre Dame is the favorite, so BYU, despite their high ranking, is the underdog in this matchup. And let's dive into this further, Matt, in our segment where we look at this matchup in 3 and Out. 3 and Out, a quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's 3 and Out on Cougar Sports Saturday. 3 and Out, and today's extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU. UCCU offers home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. We break down some stats, some players, some bold predictions in three and outs. Let's get going with first down. First down. This is where we give you an interesting stat of the day, and there were a few different ones that I considered, but the one that really jumped out to me was this will be the ninth meeting between BYU and Notre Dame. Notre Dame leads it 6-2. to two. In all meetings, BYU, the most points they've ever scored is 23, and that was in a loss. Interesting. That, yeah, so even in their win, I think the most they've scored in a win is 21. Like, they do not score a lot of points against Notre Dame for whatever reason. So BYU has to score more than 23 points if they're going to win the football game. 24 was that barometer for Bronco Mendenhall. Maybe, you know, I'm teeing you off on something later in the program, but 23 points is the most they've ever scored against Notre Dame. Now, this Notre Dame defense is not nearly as good as other Notre Dame defenses, but still very interesting that through eight appearances so far, 23 is the high for BYU. Notre Dame, on the other hand, they scored over 30 in half of the meetings. 
So, and they've been in the 40s a couple times as well. So, uh, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it's Notre Dame players are starting to come onto the field here at Allegiant Stadium. They're getting a look of the field. They're walking around uh, the 50-yard line here. It'll be interesting to see, you know, now that we're about, you know, less than two and a half hours away from kickoff, we'll see BYU rolling in here very soon as well. My stat uh, to keep an eye on is 91st. Uh, That's where BYU ranks nationally in time of possession. I'm big that if BYU's offense gets the opportunities to touch the ball and, and, and put together drives, they will have success against Notre Dame. I think they will put up more points than what they've historically done against the Irish. Uh, BYU's averaged 28 minutes and 52 seconds of time of possession this year. Can BYU's defense get enough stops and allow the offense to have the drives necessary and the time of possession to put up those points and, and get BYU the upset win? Second down. All right, here's where we give you a player from each team to keep an eye on, and I'm just going to give you both the mine right out of the gate because I think this is a very interesting matchup. For BYU, it's Max Tooley, and for Notre Dame, it's their tight end, Michael Mayer. The reason I bring that up, Mitch, is I think there's going to be some opportunities in the passing game for Max Tooley to make plays against Michael Mayer. Tooley is a very good coverage linebacker, and there's going to be chances in the flat or across the middle where it's going to be his assignment to to cover Mayer, who is one of the best tight ends in all of college football. Uh, Mayer has played 28 games in his career, and he's caught a pass in every single one of those 28 games. He had over 70 receptions last year for Notre Dame. This guy is dang good. Can Max Tooley, though, he is he's undersized. Uh, when you look at the weight between the two players, Michael Mayer is 265. Max Tooley is uh, well below that uh, defensively as, as a linebacker. Grabbing his weight here for you. This is this is a riveting radio as they look for someone's weight. Uh, I cannot find it on this thing. What is going on here? Anyways, uh, he's not 265. So Thule versus Mayer is a very interesting matchup for me. I, I like that one. I think for me the players to watch are Jaron Hall, of course, BYU quarterback. Second full season as a starter, and Jaron has been phenomenal. BYU has not had a turnover the last four games. That's that's impressive stuff. BYU's ball security has been top-notch. What's interesting, too, is that Notre Dame has not had many takeaways this season. They've only had one uh, so far, so BYU could potentially extend this streak to five games uh, if, if the trends continue to bear itself out and BYU uh, maintains that high level of ball security, and that's in large part because Jaron Hall. I think Jaron's got to have a huge game today. You know, he he took that hard hit last week against Utah State, and I'm sure that rattled him, rattled him a bit. And But uh, he's got to be spectacular for BYU to get this win. And I think for, for Notre Dame, the player that I'm watching is their defensive end, Isaiah Foskey, uh, 6'5", 265, a senior out of Antioch, California. Uh, BYU's offensive line, they're good. Are they going to be great, though? And they got some tough defensive linemen to contain uh, to protect Jaron Hall so he doesn't take any additional hits in this game. Foskey's going to be trying to barrel down and, and uh, uh, you know, get to Jaron Hall as much as he can. So that's my player to watch for the Irish. Third down. This is where we give you a bold prediction, and we have not fared well in our bold predictions throughout the year, Mitch. So uh, hopefully this is – look – we make it bold for a reason. If we just want to throw something easy out there, we could. But we're uh, we're stretching our abilities to prognosticate here on the extended pregame coverage. For me, 
I think BYU is going to win the time of possession battle today. I think that BYU has to win the time of possession battle if they're going to win this football game because they have to sustain drives, and that will that will help the defense. If they only have 24, 25 minutes, the defense is going to be on the field too long. They're not going to be able to stop the run. They're not going to win the game. Like They have to possess the football, and if they can't possess the football, it means that they're having some semblance of success rushing the ball offensively. So for me... BYU wins the time of possession battle. Will it be enough to get the win? You'll see in the next segment when we make our picks. But uh, there you go. There's mine. I have BYU scoring uh, two plays over 60 yards. Uh, so I'm saying two explosive touchdowns that are more than 60 yards. I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's going to be some. Explosive is not the right okay. word. Because Aaron Roderick defined explosive. 10 yards plus. <laughs> so if a, if a 15-yard pass play is explosive, what is a what is a potentially a okay, sixty? We're, we're talking like a, a dynamite. Yeah, uh, uh, just uh, uh, yeah, I like that dynamite. A dynamite play. So I'm saying two sixty plus. I'm looking at maybe a a Pukunakua deep ball uh, for a touchdown. Maybe Jaron Hall pops off a big run and the scramble. So uh, something along those lines. BYU's offense is going to have to have uh, some easy scores uh, to to win this game today against Notre Dame. There you go. There is three and out, and it's brought to you by UCCU. They offer home equity lines of credit with no fees or closing costs. UCCU, love where you bank. It's a lot of fun here. We're inside Allegiant Stadium. We're about two hours and change from kickoff, and there's players at midfield right now on the Shamrock Series logo. It looks like they're having a pregame prayer. Yeah, Notre Dame players. Notre Dame players having a pregame prayer, so I think we're – we're getting to the point where the doors may even open here in the next few minutes, and we'll start to see some fans enter the uh, facility. So we're getting close, man. This was a highly anticipated football game, one that I did not want them to play. I wanted this to be in Provo, but I've changed my tune after having been here and just kind of seeing the buildup. It's going to be a spectacle in here, too. We were treated to a phenomenal uh, pregame concert, basically, from the Notre Dame band. We've seen some of the uh, in-arena uh, entertainment prep preparing as well. So for the people that are on their way to Allegiant Stadium, you're in for a treat. I think this is going to be a spectacle, Vegas style, I think, between two uh, recognizable national brands in college football. It's it's going to be a fun game, and I think that uh, I want this game to be well played. I don't want this to be a Oregon game. <laughs> exactly. I don't want this to be a situation where – BYU is getting boat raced in in the th- third quarter, and it's like thirty eight to seven. Well, this to be a hi- highly competitive football game where maybe it comes down to the wire, and there's some thrilling finish. Uh, I think that this there, this has the feeling of a big game that's going to have a, an epic finish and be one of the best games on the week six college football slate, and, and that's what I hope for. And I think a lot of Cougar fans want that. Obviously, BYU wants to come away with the win, but just to have a a good football game, at least, because what happened at Oregon the last time BYU lined it up against a P5 away from Provo, it was brutal performance. It was embarrassing. It wasn't honestly. fun. It wasn't it, fun. It was terrible. I mean, BYU was downright awful in that game, and that's that's where I think a lot of the questions come into this matchup is how much progress was made from that appearance in Eugene because the last two weeks didn't suggest that much progress had happened is a is a radically different BYU team defensively going to show up today here in Vegas we'll see uh you know I, I would I would err on the side of caution because I feel like we kind of know what this defense with Eliza Tuiaki and Ed, Ed Lamb is going to be they're not going to be that group that's going to be 
creating the pressure with sacks. They're probably not going to get many takeaways. They have had two pick sixes courtesy of Max Tooley this year, but you kind of know what you're going to get with the defense. And then it, it lies on uh, the, you know, the offense. Can they get the ball enough? Uh, because if they do, I think they will put up numbers. But uh, you know, So that's what makes this uh, matchup so interesting is that how much progress has BYU made since that uh, trip to Oregon a few weeks ago where they just got completely boat raced. Let's get to a break here on extended pregame coverage. We'll wrap up our extended coverage from Allegiant Stadium on the other side with our score predictions and final thoughts on the matchup before we hand it over to network coverage for continued pregame. You're listening to Matt Biamonte, Mitch Harper, live from Allegiant Stadium. It's KSL News Radio. BYU. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage. We have had you locked and loaded since noon, getting you ready for a big-time matchup between BYU and Notre Dame. It's Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper. We are having a blast here at Allegiant Stadium. Love the view of the, it's not the north end zone, it's like the east end zone. It's kind of like a, I get like my bearings a little mixed up here, but it's always fun to look out. You see the Raiders' torch, looks right onto I-15. Hopefully those of you still driving to the game, you're not stuck in that nasty one-lane traffic at Mesquite, but we can see I-15, the Luxor Hotel, uh, the setting is great. And players are starting to trickle into the uh, stadium Football, it's, it, it's here. This this football game that we've been anticipating for months and months and months, it's moments away, Mitch. And BYU's been waiting for this game for nearly a decade, and uh, it's finally here, their opportunity to uh, get a win against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. It's going to be a pro-Notre Dame crowd. Tons of Irish fans were filling up the, the Bellagio, which was the headquarters for, for Notre Dame this week, uh, which is unusual for BYU because we, you know we've come to enough BYU games over the years that when BYU rolls into Vegas... Uh, it's a pro BYU crowd, but uh, not this time. It's it's going to be pro Notre Dame, and that, you know what? I think that's going to add kind of some fun to it, where it's you know BYU is going to roll in, and it's going to be kind of an us against the world mentality that they can take on uh, heading into this game. So it's going to be a great stage. The broadcast will be televised on KSL Five TV. You can also hear Greg Rubel, of course, right here on on KSL News Radio. So we're going to be locked and loaded here for BYU and Notre Dame for all the uh, on all the KSL mediums. We'll also have a pregame show on KSL 5 TV beginning at 5 o'clock. So a lot to get to here in Las Vegas for BYU and Notre Dame. Let's get to our score predictions here. I'll start things off. Uh, I said that BYU had to score more than 23 to win the football game. This was an incredibly difficult game for me to predict because I don't think that BYU is playing great football right now, and there's a lot of things that concern me about this game. The rush defense concerns me. And also the run offense for BYU, that also concerns me. Uh, Notre Dame's defense, they're averaging three and a half sacks a game. I think BYU's strength offensively is pass pro. I'm not too worried about the passing game. I'm just worried about the ability to run and stop the run. And at the end of the day, I, I was going to pick the Irish, and I, this is probably my least confident pick of the year. I am going to stick with BYU because that's what I picked to start the year. And this Notre Dame team is certainly beatable. This is this is not a Notre Dame team where you look at and you say, it's going to take a perfect game to win. No, <laughs> it, I, it, I don't think it will take a perfect game to win to beat Notre Dame. But they'll have to be very good at the line of scrimmage to win. And I think I think that BYU just finds a way somehow, some way. I'm going to say Cougars 24, 
Notre Dame 23, a tight one here in Allegiant Stadium. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go with my score prediction. Like you, Matt, it was tough to pick uh, because I feel like when BYU's at their best, should win this game. They're the better team. They're the, if they're, they play their best football, they can win the game maybe by double digits. They could. I mean, BYU, if when at their best, this is a, a really good football team that has a ton of experience. Notre Dame, though, to their credit, I mean, they were a team last year that was knocking on the door of the playoff. Uh, I think we tend to forget that at times with them, but a, a new coaching staff with Marcus Freeman. I'm going to go with the Irish, and I know that that's tough to say, but I just I don't blame you at all. But I, I think that you know BYU's got to be in in a mode where they got to prove it to us uh, that they are a far different team than what they showed up in Eugene. So I'm going to go Notre Dame 33, BYU 28. Look, I'd be lo- I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to see BYU uh, take this uh, victory and get it done, and because. You, if you get this win, you go to 5-1, and one, and then next week against Arkansas, who is beaten up. They're 3-3, three and three, Arkansas is, after they lost today against Mississippi State, and their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, was out. Suddenly, we could be talking about BYU maybe running the table the rest of the way, but you got to get this win today. And This is the biggest uh, game left on the schedule. I, I think it is now because of how Boise State is, is bottomed out with their issues and I just think this is the game, that if you want to make this a special BYU football season that goes down in the record books of one of the great years, you got to win today. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame because I feel like they are trending up, whereas BYU, I still feel like it's a little bit of a mystery what to uh, – what, what, they feel like they're trending down a little bit. So I'm going to go Irish 33, BYU 28. Let's take one more quick break here on extended pregame coverage. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. You're listening to extended pregame coverage here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame, BYU versus Notre Dame. Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte coming to you live from Allegiant Stadium Come on, in Mitch, Las Vegas. We need Vegas. a little more juice than that. Uh, live in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Elvis, baby. I was looking for I was looking for my signature call of the day. Live from Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> Oh, man, it's uh, we're having a good time, though. Yeah, uh, we are. It's been uh, a lot of fun here today breaking down this BYU-Notre Dame game. And, you know what, it's, it's time to put aside the talking. It's time to actually play. Like, we're about two hours away from kickoff. Get to wait a few more hours, but uh, it's almost time to, to kick this thing off and get it ready for BYU and Notre Dame. And what a just a great opportunity, Matt. I, I'm excited to see, you know, BYU and how this – Rushing attack plays. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what the defense can do because they have been called out as we get the music bumping. It's a party. Dude, there is a giant wall of fans crossing I-15. They're opening the doors any minute. This is starting to feel like a game day, baby. We are ready to go. <laughs> oh, man, it's it's fantastic. So the party is uh, getting rolling here in Vegas. And, you know, when there's a good party, I mean, that's that's cute for Matt and I to, to exit the the headset and uh start partying but uh it's a huge game and it's gonna be a lot of fun and you can check it all out on kslsports.com ksl5 tv ksl news radio will have the call any final thoughts for you matt my final thought and maybe we didn't discuss this enough throughout pregame but we'll do it quickly right here this is just an unbelievable opportunity for somebody to etch their name in the history of byu football to me it's jaron hall's opportunity he has been a great BYU quarterback these past year and a half, but he's lacking one thing. He's lacking a signature moment in a big football game. He's got the big wins. 
He's got the notable wins. But in those wins, was there a moment where you just said, that was an unbelievable Jaron Hall play? Not yet. I think this is the opportunity for Jaron Hall to cement himself as a legendary BYU quarterback. Because if you beat Notre Dame, Utah, USC, Baylor, you are legendary. But he's got to get it done, and I hope there's a moment in this game where we're just our eyes are blown and Hall, uh, it's a memorable play. Who's the next Jamal Willis? You know, Because you walk around Lavelle Edwards Stadium, you see Jamal Willis in those banners. That 1994 win against Notre Dame has been one of the all-time greats in BYU football history. There's also to be coverage after we're done on the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Carey will be taking your calls and giving you pregame analysis of BYU and Notre Dame as we get ready to send it off to Greg Rubel here just down the hall from down us. Down the hall. Here at Allegiant Stadium, it's BYU, Notre Dame kickoff again, 530. You can follow Matt and I on social media, Biamonte Matt, Mitch underscore Harper. We will have you covered throughout the day. All right, that's going to do it for our coverage. For Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, we've had a blast. Extended premium coverage coming to you from Las Vegas inside the home of Allegiant Stadium. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.